0: It's 62 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The criminal case against Trump's former campaign manager will move forward. That is President Donald Trump. A federal judge yesterday refused to dismiss charges brought against Paul Manafort by special counsel Robert Mueller. Manafort claimed that Mueller had expe- exceeded his prosecutorial powers by charging him with money laundering and failing to register as a foreign agent. U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson rejected that argument and said Mueller's Case against Manafort does fall within his authority. A healthy pool survey shows half of all adults do not shower before getting into a pool, and (laughs) one in four would swim within an hour of having diarrhea. Oh, Epidemiologist Ralph Morris of the Water Quality and Health Council is urging people to use proper pool etiquette when they swim this summer. He says cryptosporidium is a bacteria easily spread when a swimmer swallows water contaminated with fecal matter. Crypto can cause diarrhea, fever, nausea, vomiting, and stomach cramps. Dr. Morris also says in light of a CDC report showing at least one safety violation at nearly 8 out of 10 public pools... <laughs> It is important to check inspection records before jumping in. Which hey, man, you want to go what swimming? Thinks of.
1: You know what? I got diarrhea. So no, then. Mm. You know what? Let me get my suit. <laughs> I'm in for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw the dice. I mean, there, there should be full-time security at every public pool. And the infractions, I mean, if they had like a jail at every public oh, pool, it would be filled. That bullpen would be filled with... From open to close with people just infractions. Violations. Yeah. You can't, if you get into the pool with band aids and you get yeah. out without band aids, <laughs> you're done. That's a life sentence right Your there. Your time is you're, up.
0: You're in. Short man syndrome is a real thing. A new study out of the Netherlands found the short man syndrome really does exist. Researchers found that men under five foot seven would act more aggressively in social experiments than men who were taller. So what does that mean? Well, researchers say it's biologically ingrained in short men to be more aggressive so they can grab whatever resources they can because they may have fewer chances to get them. The stereotype or the joke is always, oh, women have a lot of shoes. Well, a new survey asked women about their shoes, found that 72% of women own more than 21 pairs of shoes.
1: Mm-hmm. How many do you
2: own?
0: I don't know, but it's. It, I think I own I think more... Under. Oh, really? I think I own more than I think.
2: <laughs> That's what always happens. Like you'll you'll open your closet and you'll be like, God dang, I got a lot of brown shoes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. seven brown shoes. <laughs>
0: are flip flops considered shoes? No. Because mm. I have about four pair of those.
2: How flippy like are we talking like take the garbage out flip flops or Some? like Dave Matthews band concert flip flops?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, did you get them at a at a wedding?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Some are like, I have one pair that they're like four-wheel drive flip-flops. They have a real thick sole on them.
3: (laughs) I know what you're talking about. They got the big tread on. those. Yeah, yeah, those clod hoppers. Yes.
0: Tonka makes them. (laughs) Uh, 25% Uh own some shoes that are more than 12 years old. Surprisingly, I don't think that I'm in that category. (laughs) That's
1: unbelievable. I actually, I don't believe
0: it. I just threw a pair of shoes out the other day. I'm like. Huh. The tread is completely flat and smooth. I think I can probably throw these away.
2: When I was like 20, you know, in my early 20s, I, you know, you, you only had two pairs of nice shoes. I would wear them until the sole wore off and yep. then a pebble got stuck in my shoe. And whenever a, a rat, whenever I hear a rattle when I was walking around, I was like, okay, time to go to Macy's. Mm, that was it. <laughs> that was the indicator.
0: I definitely have worn shoes that split across the bottom. They were so
2: old. See,
1: if you went to, like, I grew up, I went to public school. If you had shoes that were anything less than pristine, you got crushed for it. Really? Oh, my God. I always had, like, I remember I had the Barclays. My grandfather took me shoe shopping in, like, 90-whatever, and he got me these Air Maxes. And at the time, this is 90 something. They were hundred and thirty-five dollars oh, yeah. shoes. They're expensive wow. by today's standards. And I was honestly scared to wear them because in the '90s, if you can recall, people were getting killed for their Jordans. Yeah. Yes. So, dude, th- this was the thing that uh, dudes would come up to me, like a dude from home, wouldn't be like, "What size shoe you wear, man?" <sighs> and I'd be like, "That's a weird question to ask. Why? Why? Uh, why are you wondering?" Right. Are you gonna lump me on the head and yeah. take my shoes? Because that's what this feels like.
3: Yeah, so- there was an episode of Atlanta that talked about uh, um, d- jerseys and the uh, like. If you had a uh, mm.
1: knockoff jersey when you were in grade school, high school, see you later. They would just destroy you. For- right. You had to have an authentic, and you got it at, like, ace athletic or something. Although, to be fair, I mean, that does translate all the time. I mean, uh, as it pertains to
3: jerseys anyways, I mean, one of my buddies, when, like, we were at, like, 30, went to, a, like, showed up at my house for a tailgate for a Steelers game, and he had a knockoff Steelers jersey on. And he's like, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, that is not authentic. I'm thinking in my head, and he goes, dude, do you like this? I got it in the strip district, and I was like... Mm. yeah dude it's pretty cool mm. and the whole time I was just thinking I can't wait till we get to the tailgate I can't wait till we get to the tailgate because I know he's going to get Crushed. killed and my friends did not <laughs> disappoint I mean he, he was walking with a cooler 30 feet away and it started like he was (laughs)
2: like he was not at the stripes (laughs) what's up you root for TJ today what's going on (laughs) my 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 most embarrassing moment and my lowest moment as a Steelers fan is that I really wanted a white away jersey but I didn't have the money to get like a good one Mm -hmm. so I went to finish line and on the on the rack of clearance Authentic, no. thick white jerseys oh, yeah. was an Amos Zaraway. Oh. oh right after he'd gotten traded. I knew that he wasn't on the team no. anymore, but I was like, ah, it's a white jersey. Maybe I can say that I you know I like this guy. Then you go to West Virginia or something like that. So yeah. I bought yeah. it, came around and the exact same thing <laughs> happened. Just absolutely destroyed. <laughs> 2-0. A white
3: Ooh. jersey. Now it was an authentic jersey, it was just that he was gone. Yeah, but
2: it was so like, it was like discounted, you know. Ninety percent because he was never gonna play at the NFL ever again.
3: It's not like you can rip off Zaraway and put like Dwight Stone's name on the back right. or something oh, like that. Yeah. Like Zaraway's a hard one to oh, it was... You're ruining the jersey for oh, it's terrible. I never wore it again. That is so funny though. Come
1: to the tailgate, I'll hook you up. Yeah. No. Dude, that would win.
3: Oh, I'll bet No question. A name is Zaraway jersey oh, yeah. for sure.
0: Twenty uh seventy <laughs> percent have asked a stranger where they got their shoes. Uh, one in four have worn shoes while they had sex.
3: What? And one... how did that even enter into this? I yeah. What kind we of weirdo is the asking these questions? Hey, how, how many
2: <laughs> shoes do you have? Do you like shoes when you're wearing sec- or when you're sex? You <laughs> ever banging them? What? Nothing. <clears throat> and
0: one yeah, in three. Yeah, I mean, if we're
2: on the crick, sure.
0: <laughs> one in three have hidden the shoe pers- purchase from their significant other.
1: Oh, my
2: wife does that all the time. She thinks she's slick because she'd she she just back, she'd be a terrible stockbroker because she'd go to jail because she backdates everything. <laughs> so she buys shoes, lets them sit in a closet for a year, and lets me wow. like get used to seeing them, not on and out, and then she'll wear them. And I'll, I'll be like, when would you get those? She's like, oh, I've had these. I've yeah. had these. Like That's that not a lie. Yeah, it's not. No, you're right. It's a good move. Serena has
1: more cork wedges <laughs> than... I mean, honestly, we can, we have like you seven dartboards worth of cork <laughs> platform shoes in our house. Uh. It's ridiculous. I'm like, oh, another pair of corks? Dude,
2: when your daughters get older, you are going to be awash oh, and just a sea of shoes. I
1: know. I know. It's I already am. And they, and you know... They need shoes because their feet grow every, I don't know, two weeks? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: A Florida man is in trouble for helping hide his troublemaking girlfriend because he helped her take off her artificial legs to hide in a storage (laughs) bin. John Robert Carr Jr. was busted after he tried to conceal Crystal Lee Anderson, who'd been on the run from police since she skipped out on a court date for her attempt to rob a Burger King with a BB gun. <laughs> a, oh
4: my my God.
0: a crime in which she was shot and injured badly enough that she lost both legs.
2: Oh, my Lord.
0: Police were tipped off to the couple's whereabouts, but when they arrived at Carr's residence, he insisted the girlfriend wasn't there, even though they'd seen him help her get into the bin. They were both taken into custody. Carr was hit with additional charges after trying to
2: assault an arresting officer. If there was ever a name that this f- crime fits perfectly, you know, trying to rob a Burger King, getting <laughs> shot by police, having both legs amputated, then trying to hide in storage bins. It's Crystal Lee Anderson. <laughs> what a great name for that for that to have happened to. Honey, and- where'd you
1: put my legs? They have my new shoes on. them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And a Michigan woman looking for a new job over accusations, she slipped laxatives into brownies. According to ML Live, the suspect put the substance in brownies for a co-worker who was leaving her job, and the two may have had some troubles in the past. Officers responded to a call from the company earlier this month. They say the woman admitted what she had done. Could have turned into a rather messy situation, but fortunately, nobody ate the food. The 47 year old was fired. Officials say no charges will be filed. Want to
1: have some brownies and go to the pool? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Leonard Skinner sang about Sweet Home, Alabama, but it's the Jacksonville, Florida home of Ronnie Donnie and Johnny Van Zandt at 5419 Woodcrest Road that is a part of history. The home in a section of town that the brothers referred to as Shantytown is now a Florida heritage site. A plaque in front of the ranch-style home was unveiled over the weekend, and in part reads musicians Ronnie, Donnie, and Johnny Van Zant spent their formative years growing up in this house with their sisters and parents, Between the 1950s and 1980s, Todd Smith, who bought the home and lobbied to get it recognized, plans to restore it to look like a time capsule from the 70s, complete with an avocado green rotary dial phone and a wooden console stereo with an 8-track player and several Skinner 8-track tapes. He also plans to fill it with Skinner memorabilia and turn it into a short-term rental for fans. Despite the success of all three br- brothers, Ronnie and Johnny and Skinner and Donnie and 38 Special, their mom and dad, Marion and Lacey, remained in the house until their deaths in 2000 and 2004.
3: Wow. With wow. names like Ronnie, Donnie and Johnny, they either had to be in Leonard Skinner or open a Pantanata.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the co-writer of the Aerosmith hit Dude Looks Like a Lady is revealing the song was inspired by Motley Crue singer Vince Neil. In a recent interview, Desmond Child said the dude in the single off the 87 album Permanent Vacation was inspired by Steven Tyler mistaking Vince Neil for a woman. He recalled Steven admitting he once mistook Vince for a pretty woman from behind at a bar.
2: Dude, it wasn't until they were mid-coitus that he realized. <laughs> well, she, he, in all defense to him, he did have that like kind of Heather Locklear cut going from the back. Hot. Mm-hmm. Ha- I,
1: I'm only picturing
2: current Vince Neal fighting
4: right. really yeah, hard. Yeah, very hard now.
1: Look at that chick with her back rack. <laughs> back rack. <laughs> oh my God, look uh, at those cankles. Oh. Let me makes them thick.
4: And finally,
0: Thor will wave the green flag to start this year's Indy 500. Race managers announced this week that actor Chris Hemsworth, who played Thor in the Marvel movies, will have the honors of opening the race. He's also a brand ambassador for Tag Heuer, which is the official timepiece of the Indy 500. And Verizon IndyCar Series Scattered showers and thunderstorms Mid-70s for the high today It's 62 at DVE
3: It's the DVE morning show It's Wednesday And of course that means Mr. Wednesday You shake
5: at his touch And you tremble at what he might say
1: And you're
4: looking for Mr. Wednesday Yes, you're looking for
1: Mr. Wednesday.
3: Jeff Cockle, Mr. Wednesday, uh, hanging out with us here this morning. Jeff will be a part of the DVE Morning Show's Loaded Show, the second show of the DVE Comedy Fest, which I believe is now sold out.
2: Yeah, they told me at the art when I was at the arcade last week, they're like, yeah, but there's like, there's like, 20 tickets left for the entire i was like holy cow yeah uh,
3: it's quick it, crazy so we have sold out two shows and guess what we've got more to announce later today that's right more comedy shows as a part of the dv comedy festival whoa we'll give you the details on that at uh, eight o'clock this morning while i have y'all here did you guys weigh in on the laurel versus yanni internet debate that was going on all night last night
0: I was no. at Bike Night at Jurgles last night. So okay.
1: I yes, I, I Remember I, the dress. The the, the blue. white and gold or the blue and black.
3: Mhm. This is the audio version of this. <laughs> do you hear Yanni or do
1: you hear Laurel?
4: Laurel. Laurel.
1: How can anybody hear anything but Laurel?
3: I agree. I heard Laurel, too. Mm-hmm. Lots of people here,
1: yawning. 47% of people here, yawning. I think I saw somebody on the internet kind of, like, myth bust this where it's it's a pitch thing. If you change the pitch, which I don't know how to do, right? it says different, like, it tips it one way or the other. Really? Yeah. All right. Well,
4: I,
3: I guess that explains it. You hear things, we all hear things that, like slightly different pitches. I hear Laurel. Me too. Laurel. But I was at dinner with my girlfriend's last night, and and I was playing it, and half the table heard Laurel, half the table heard Yanni.
2: I didn't know this was a debate going on. I was up at Yanni Mountain doing some (laughs) last-minute skiing. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching some old
3: uh, Yanni and Hardy (laughs) movies last night. And it's just so strange. how, And then it was pissing everybody off, and it was just one of those things. But it did remind me when uh, we used to talk about nothing on social media, just dumb things, just
1: bandying about with the dumb stuff. But isn't that kind of like, isn't that audio clip our political landscape now? (laughs) Yeah,
2: I know. That's the great microcosm of that. I hear Laurel. Oh, really? No, 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 no. Laurel. No, it's Yanni. Laurel. Well, you're unpatriotic, and I hear Yanni, <laughs> so you're evil, and I disagree with you. <laughs> right. Uh, a little bit later on this
3: morning on the show, we're going to have JT, the, Samu- the samurai bracket. JT is Pittsburgh's first openly gay professional boxer. Now, maybe you saw him on the cover of the City Paper last week. Uh, I did. <laughs> Great photo. My my only uh, observation from that was not like oh that's a flamboyant looking guy. It was oh he better hit the gym before the fight.
4: Yeah,
1: (laughs) he didn't look very toned. You have to look more like a boxer. (laughs) He looks like a guy that took his shirt off and he's getting in a fight. I can box.
4: (laughs) Really? No,
1: we're not asking you if you can. (laughs) Do you? He's a
3: pretty funny uh, guy, though, uh, by all accounts from the interview. So yeah, we'll talk with JT about. Being Pittsburgh's first openly gay professional boxer, which intimates that there were closeted gay Pittsburgh boxers in the past. That uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure that uh, Billy, what's his name, in that era, anybody was going to stand up proudly and pronounce their their, their homosexuality. <laughs> well was it? Con Billy Con. Billy Con. I don't know Why I couldn't think of his name. Uh, Michael be in with uh, sports in a little bit as well, and uh, the uh, I keep I'm watching this series the caps and the uh, lightning more intently than flurry because I don't want Ovechkin to uh, win. Yeah, I know that. Well, the, l- the bolts looked good last night. You did. It's a much worse way to watch a series rooting against someone versus hate rooting. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hate watching is a bad way to watch sports. Yep. <laughs> it's like hate bleeping. It's just not <laughs> good for anyone. Um, <laughs> Jeff, what
2: uh, what do you got going on these days? What's happening with you? Uh, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I was just down in Lawrenceville, and it, I I feel like. Um, is anyone happy that mar- like I don't know? I, I used to be for marijuana legalization. And now I think I'm against it. Now that it has become a reality. Sure. <laughs> I understand that. I think I'm basically just against anything that spreads the proliferation of vaping. <laughs> <laughs> vaping cannot be a good thing. Have you ever gone, like, gone by one of those stores? Yeah, there's like 19 of them in the South Southside. And they all have this, like, I don't know how else to put it. Like Juggalo terminology that they use for everything—it's just like you're gonna jewel the crystal vape like box. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, in my opinion, it should never have been out in the open. Like, marijuana was supposed to be consumed by teenagers in a pine grove outside an abandoned Pizza Hut. Like, right. that's the only time—the only health benefit from marijuana should have been the cardio you got running from the cops. That's the only thing that you should have ever got. I don't like that it's legal now. I understand that. A lot of people are saying the same things about gambling. Yeah. Like, when you make something that was illegal legal, you inherently make it less fun. That's half of the fun of it. Because mm-hmm. you invite outsiders. You invite civilians
3: yeah. in.
1: Rubes. Yes. They don't and, know what they're doing. And then you have to associate it with what's ever already like, kind of close to it, like a cousin like vaping. Yeah. And those vape <laughs> stores, like I can't go in there and smoke those weird Caterpillar
2: hookah no. pipes. no. And the, Sit the, on a pillow with a couple strangers. There's no doubt that it has medicinal benefits, but I feel like now they're getting like a little overboard, don't you think? Like it's it's starting to sound like like they're they're pitching medicine at like an old timey, like old crow medicine <laughs> show. You know? They're just like, Step right up, ladies and gents, for the magical medicinal marijuana that Mother Nature makes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, you got it's something wrong with your tummy, try a gummy. You know, you got <laughs> syphilis in your dong, try a bong. <laughs> you know, it'll cure everything from glout or gout, glaucoma, gallstones, and Lou Gehrig's disease. You know, just like, to, <laughs> Wait, take a calm cute. down.
3: Ironically, another guest we have on the show today. Christian, the Nigerian Nightmare Okoye, who is wow. pushing CBD oils
2: whoa, whoa. Former maybe he can enlighten players.
3: us well I, I i don't know i interviewed you don't him. want
1: to be on the wrong side of a debate with that guy
3: i interviewed him yesterday after right the over. show and i may or may not get to it today i don't know but um it was fun talking to him i for some reason uh didn't realize he he would have a nigerian accent
4: <laughs> he is <laughs> right the, nigerian the, nightmare.
3: <laughs> He's the nigerian nightmare i was uh i oh yes i forgot I'm like, how'd you do against the Steelers? Like, what are your memories of the Steelers? He's like, oh, yeah, I always played them tough. I'm like, remember when uh, Jerry O lit you up on the goal
1: line and you lost the game in 1989? He's like, no, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the CBD oil is for. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) To help me forget white linebackers (laughs) tackling me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
3: Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, if he's the Nigerian nightmare, I mean, Jerry O. I don't know, the Polish Punisher? What do you call him? <laughs> uh, Mike's got your sports when we return. D- DVE Sports. Mike pursuit has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike.
5: Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Adam Frazier started things off with a home run in the bottom of the first last night at PNC Park. And the Pirates kept pounding away from there. They beat the White Sox 7 to nothing. Wow. Yeah, the White Sox stink, but this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Against a team that stinks, you pile beat, on. You beat them seven to nothing, and you beat them for the third time in three tries this season. Doing so improved the Pirates to twenty four and seventeen on the season. Eleven thousand eight hundred and forty seven. your announced attendance at PNC Park. Eleven thousand.
3: They're down, I saw they're down ten thousand from last year per game. Yeah.
5: Uh, that's significant you know Tuesday night against the White Sox is not uh, never would have drawn a a big number game but 11,000 is pretty low seems like it and uh, the people that didn't show up missed another gem from Trevor Williams who went seven shutout innings six hits no walks six strikeouts he improves to five and two on the season with a 2.72 ERA looks pretty solid Mm -hmm. should be a little higher considering their first place right Aren't they first place in the they NL? They are now uh, Central? In first place in the NL Central after uh, beating the White Sox, and uh, that coupled with Milwaukee losing two to one at Arizona, and St. Louis losing four to one at Minnesota. It's the uh, Pirates' percentage points ahead of the Brewers. At twenty-four and seventeen, the Pirates' winning percentage is five eight five. Milwaukee at twenty-five and eighteen is .581. Then the Cubs are a game back, and the Cardinals are a game back. So four teams in the division, all within a game of one another. The more significant development for the Pirates uh, might be the injury sustained during the game. Starling Marte started but didn't finish. He left after the first inning due to right-side discomfort. You hope that's not the dreaded oblique injury. Mm -hmm. but uh, No uh, details uh, as of yet on Marte's condition, and Francisco Cervelli also... Started but didn't finish. He got hit on the right forearm with a pitch. One more with uh, the pale hose today. <laughs> you love saying pale hose. I do. 1235. Jamison Tyone is going to make uh, the start as scheduled despite suffering uh, finger laceration in his last outing on Friday night. He's 2-3 and three with a 4.08 ERA. Just he'll pee be, on it. He'll be fine. He'll be opposed by Carson <laughs> yeah. Fulmer 2-3. and three. 6.23. The Pirates also uh, announcing prior to yesterday's game that George Contos is not going to be the setup guy anymore for the time being. He's been struggling in that eighth inning role. Clint Hurdle said they were going to look for uh, various roles in which to use Contos. Just pee on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> that should fix it. Which, again, another thing that hasn't gone especially right. They're They're taking their setup guy out of the setup guy role. Yeah, Jamison Tyon is supposed to be the horse of the rotations. Two and three, four point oh eight. Not great. And And, yet, and yet they're twenty four and seventeen. So if you're wondering, is this sustainable? Well, yeah. I mean, there's room for improvement with this team, right? The guys
3: who are supposed to deliver haven't really done it yet. It's not as if everything has gone completely
5: smooth, or or six guys are radically overachieving, and it's they're going to come back to the mean. I mean. A Cervelli injury would be significant. So would a Marte injury. You don't think their bats are going to keep going like this, do you, Mike? I think they can hit and score consistently all uh, season. I don't know, maybe like this, but I think they can hit and score. Hurdles talked about that, how the lineup is longer, the bench is better now. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be a pretty good offensive team. Well, we thought going in they would have to be to yes. even keep it interesting you just had to have any chance. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, there's some stuff going on over there interesting you know if if the season ended today Mike if it did if only, we're in if only it did <laughs> then they could play a playoff game this afternoon in front of 13,000 <laughs> <laughs> there's only 600 games left Stanley Cup playoffs last night the Lightning got on the board against the Caps Tampa 4 Washington 2 that's now a two games to one lead for Washington, uh, the road team has won every game in the Eastern Conference Final thus far. And Tampa Bay did it mostly with special teams last night. Two for four on the power play, including the first two goals of the game. Washington held for held 0 for 3 with the man advantage. It wasn't for a lack of trying from Alex Ovechkin. The grade 8 did not score a goal. He had nine shots on goal. Six more shots blocked. And he missed the net three times. There we go. 18 attempts in 25 minutes and 36 seconds. Oh, yeah. He was winding up. Wow. Give it to me again. And he, he fanned on at least one that I saw in the power play trying to one-timer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that counts as a miss. It's just a non-shot. But he, It was one-timer city last night. He knows who he is and what he's supposed to do. You got to give him that. You know what else is great about last night is that Tom Wilson took a nice
2: little head shot from uh, Anton Strawman, so he got a little little of his own medicine, I think.
5: No, nice so- to see a nice little swollen head from him. <laughs> the Lightning uh, avert the sweep, uh, at the very least with the victory. There have only been seven sweeps since 2014. Everybody's complaining about this playoff format because they think the good teams are playing each other earlier than they ought to. Mm. Brooks Orpik was complaining about it after the Pens cap series. Nobody seems to like this format. I think these matchups have been great. Yeah, um, seven sweeps in seventy-four series since two thousand and fourteen. Nine point five percent. They used to be a lot more common, uh, not anymore. And uh, Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman had a goal and two assists last night. His three-point effort extends his scoring streak to eight games, that ties Jake Gensel for the longest of the two thousand and eighteen. Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. It is the Jets at the Golden Knights. That's a nine o'clock start on NBCSN. That series is tied at one game apiece. And your quarterfinal matchups are set at the International Ice Hockey Federation World Championship Tournament in Denmark. These are all Thursday games. The U.S. against the Czechs at ten fifteen. The Russians against the Canadians at ten fifteen. Patrick Hornquist and Sweden against Latvia at two fifteen. And Finland against Switzerland at 2:15. Semifinals will be played Saturday and then the bronze medal and gold medal games on Sunday. We could have been playing Switzerland if we had beaten Finland yesterday. But we're not. But we're not. So we're playing the Czechs and they're... Uh, Formidable. The steroids they got from Boston. Yeah. Pasta they, man. David Krejci and yeah. uh, David Pasternak. Yeah, you want to you want to dominate the world? You're gonna have to beat a good team along the way, or more. Brooks Orpik's pissed about these matchups. I think he's I think what he's mostly pissed about was having to play the Penguins every year.
3: I think that's what it is. That's why they haven't gone past the second round.
5: Like, God, that was hard. Yeah. Now we got to go through two more teams. Thanks a lot. I just, I like compelling matchups if they're really good games. I don't care if it's a Sweet 16 game or a Final Four game. Mm-hmm. At least you get to see it. You know what I mean? It's, right. You know, oh, gee, hopefully it'll be this team and this team and then semis or whatever. Great series are great series. You don't series. have to wait for a championship, a yeah. conference
3: championship to see this, but like the, the Titans go at each other. And
5: I do, I don't know if you guys like this or not. I like the division stuff, particularly early in the postseason. I think a lot builds up in a division race over the course of the year, and then you go right—you sure. go right to that at the start of the playoffs. I think that's.
2: I remember looking at the brackets oh, okay. when they first came out for the NHL playoffs, and I was like, "There's not an uninteresting matchup in this entire thing because there was rivalry. There's you know Pittsburgh Philly. There was the Ducks and 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 uh, uh, Kings and everything, or uh, whoever it was, uh, the Knights and the Kings, which is kind of a budding rivalry. I liked it.
5: Yeah, I think they got to figure it out playoff wise.
2: You always go with the pale hose when
3: it comes to the White Sox. If it's the Red Sox, you never say crimson stockings. What is it about White Do, Sox? Does anyone? That... No.
5: Yeah, that's you know that's an old timey kind of pale hose, White Sox thing. Yeah, Berman Bur- uh, would uh, approve. I think he would. Not that I seek his approval. If you like pale hose, you should watch Evil
1: Genius. There's a couple um, <laughs> prostitutes in that. That are they are pasty. Super white. They are. So
5: are the White Sox. Right? Geez, they stink. How they get so bad? So, like, great question. We're complaining about our team. What about pissed their fans aren't ownership? Yeah, they're actually spending money. They're just not doing it very. I don't know if they're spending any or not.
1: Did when the when the Cubs won, did they go by the uh, the White Sox stadium on their parade route? Troll it because that would not that would that wouldn't be cool. No, all the floats would have been
5: stripped. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, up, <laughs> up on blocks, yeah. yeah, where the White Sox Stadium is, it's not a real great place to hang out. No, even on game night. No, man, I'm from the South Side of Chicago. Are, Are you suggesting It's a frat party, you know, some harmless puking and public urination. Yeah.
1: That going through Cabrini Green isn't a good idea on a parade. <laughs> room. Different story on the old South Side. Do you know Cabrini Green isn't there anymore? Yeah, I heard they ripped it down. Mm. That's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. We drove by it once, and uh, it looked like a penitentiary. That's where uh, the the uh, TV show... Good Times? Good Times. Was that? Yes. Dino Mike? Yes. I was trying to think of it. It was, was ironically thinking... titled. It was. <laughs> These time. are not good times.
3: A show that, again, would never make it on TV right now. How did he do that in the 70s? How did Norman Lear put all those TV shows on? That times. Today,
2: we couldn't get them on. I'll tell you, this is my theory why, is that actually sitting down and writing a protest letter is a lot more involved than mm. tweeting. Yep. You ah. had to be fuming to actually get a sit at your desk, get your stationery out, dip your yeah. quill in what ink the or whatever the, whatever the hell address. you did. Back in the 70s. <laughs> Put a stamp on it. Yeah. Damn wax. Point. Yeah. Put your family's crest on the wax seal <laughs> or whatever the hell you Send a raven. Yeah. yeah. Stamp it. Uh, Val, what do you got coming up?
0: Have uh, scientists discovered an actual cure for hangovers? We'll talk about it coming up.
3: All right. More with Mr. Wednesday. Jeff Conkle as well. It's It's the DVE morning show. Good morning, everybody. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. By the way, Jeff's part of the DVE Comedy Festival Loaded Show, which is the second show of the night on Friday, June 29th. We are announcing... Yet another show for that weekend, which will take place on Saturday. Another one. In about an hour. So keep your ears peeled for that. More comedy as part of the DBE Comedy Fest. And Jeff, a sellout. A damn
1: sellout. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's in like a-, a day and a half, two days. It's a great lineup. Maybe a little longer than that, but not much. Yeah, the lineup is ridiculous. Maybe the best one ever. Yeah. I, d- I like the the idea you guys have where everyone's going to go up and
3: just throw haymakers for five minutes. Yep. Or Rapid what, fire minutes sets. or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: just shorter sets, more people. That way you can get through a ton of comics without having to uh, hold anybody's attention for too mm-hmm. long.
3: Well, and I'm wondering if the... Uh, I haven't been in the new arcade comedy theater yet. Oh, it's uh, awesome. I, I was in the downstairs room, the, the, the original one. But uh, I'm wondering if it won't be easier to do that without, uh, like, you know, the bar. Like, you know, Club Cafe has a bar, and the late show, people are getting drunk. You know, if you go to an early show right. at Club Cafe, not not as big of a deal. People are kind of settling in.
1: But, but when you put a show on at midnight, people are like, woohoo, you know. Oh, yeah, and by the way, this is uh, the arcade is BYOB, so you can stop into the sharp edge, grab Ah, a six-pack, and head over. There you go. Wow. Uh, So we'll have another show to add to the list
3: of the DVE Comedy Festival lineup, and we'll announce that around 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, A reminder here to just quit while you're ahead, because sometimes the spiteful parting shot in a feud can be what ends up bringing you down. 47-year-old woman at an engineering company did you hear about this story?
0: Um, I don't know.
3: Ann Arbor, Michigan? I don't think she so. She found out that a co-worker she hated was leaving their job. This was earlier this month. Not clear why they didn't like each other. But they had issues. Everybody has, like, in inner office... Rivalries. Yeah. Someone they just don't care for. Yes. Nemesis of sorts. So... She decided to send this coworker off by pretending to be nice and giving them some brownies on the last day. And she secretly <laughs> laced them. <laughs> look, look how happy Val is. She secretly <laughs> laced them with laxatives. <laughs> she told another coworker about it.
0: I feel like I've heard this story before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, because <laughs> this is season 2 of Evil Genius. Actually, this is <laughs> She told the coworker about it and the and the coworker made
3: her think like, yeah, good idea. Uh, but they snitched on her and the cops got involved. So she tried to deny it, but they threatened to have their forensics team test the brownies to see what was in them. <laughs> They're going to get CSI on the brownies. Hey, Harry old buddy, old pal. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point she came clean and got fired for it alright this is something that happens I think once a year Val
0: yeah I think so
3: in the end but someone this
0: happened about 50 minutes ago
4: oh did I you know. do it to open Val
3: a show
0: <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you just tell me
3: that
4: okay you saw it I was like
3: is that a, a dream I that I just dreamt that you sold I was, it way I better was doing I it because I'm like, wait, did you do this at the top of the hour? And
2: That's I thought you were okay. going to go, we already did that. And I was going to go to the next thing. Oh, you're rotten. That's I okay. think there's more meat on this bone, don't you? Yeah, yeah. you
0: sold it way better. It's fine. And, and people may matter. not have been listening at six o'clock when I did well, it.
3: Well, the audience like doubled, but right. still.
0: <laughs> well, don't you
2: agree that this well, is basically-
3: Well, the basic... room, <laughs> the audience in the room got bigger yeah. by, <laughs> one. Yeah, by one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't you think this is basically like the equivalent of keying somebody's car- Yes, sneaking laxatives into their brownies. I don't know, man. I think I'd rather have my car keyed than get, have get laxative No way. Give me diarrhea.
1: <laughs> I don't want my car. You don't keyed. have to get insurance
4: involved. <laughs> right.
1: Well, one thing that might act
3: like an uh, um, a laxative is the, there's a new item that uh, they're they're pitching now called hummus shakes. Have you heard about these? No. Oh, do you Lord. like hummus? No, but that sounds uh, gross. Yeah, yeah
2: I'll cr- I'll crush a jar of hummus, or would you, would you do it in a shake? Never had the thought odd. to not stick a chip in there, yeah. let alone
3: a straw. a small uh, fast food chain chain called the hummus and pita Company just added hummus shakes to their menu they 're not made with ice cream they're hummus no chickpeas, tahini, but they 'll put frozen bananas, dates, almond nah. milk, vanilla, and cinnamon. Nah. Just give
1: your coworker no. this no. they won't that is a laxative. heard you're leaving the company. <laughs> have a hummus shake
3: hummus here's sixteen
2: shake. ounces of beans.
3: And bananas and <laughs> and dates. I mean, this just sounds like a, a big laxative shake. You can get chocolate-flavored butter pecan and strawberry, too. Um, I like hummus. I don't know that I would like it in shake form. but this, yeah, they don't want to drink it. This does seem like one of those things that is going to take off in the... Uh, like, Mediterranean world? The raw food, raw food yeah. diet people yeah. are going to be like... Clean eaters. Right, where you trick yourself
1: into thinking you're having uh, something healthy, so you have 19 of them. I mean, I, like you know, you know, my wife makes those shakes, and um, it's like put, smoothies. Yeah, we put all types of stuff in them. She puts avocados in them, sure. kale, things that you would never think would be good in a shake, and the other stuff completely cancels out the taste of whatever those things
2: are. Right, <laughs> which is different than juicing, which is where you just take over the juice. That's to, to Randy's point, though. The first I got one of those Nutra bullets. Yeah. And I made just like a full tilt, like apple smoothie, you know, it had like nine apples in it or something like that. And I drank the whole thing. Safe to say I had some stomach issues right yeah, after that. And then I was like, well, gee, why did that happen? I was like, oh yeah, you just ate nine apples in liquid form. Your body can't handle nine apples at the same time.
1: I remember oh. Jerry, uh, our friend Jerry Wilson telling me one time, he goes, uh, I was telling him, oh man, I'm doing healthy stuff. I drink uh, orange juice. He was like, you know how many oranges you gotta you gotta <laughs> eat to to get a whole glass full? It's <laughs> like, like fourteen oranges. oranges. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "When's the last time you have seen anybody eat ten oranges?" <sighs> All the nutrients you get from an orange is eating it, and the you know the fiber and the
2: sure. slow oh,
3: breakdown of it. Bill's uh, illustrating by holding an orange. I have
2: currently. an orange <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> you just whipped that out.
3: <laughs> Let me show you this orange, guys. Here.
2: <laughs> Let's this orange, orange
3: here. You look like you're going to eat it like an apple right now. I am.
1: <laughs> I eat the rind.
3: <laughs> uh, do do monkeys peel bananas or do they just eat bananas? They peel I them. Peel. Yeah, they peel, I peel I them. They
1: peel them. I've
2: seen uh, monkeys peel bananas reverse. Somehow they get- Yeah, everyone says- That, that, that was a big thing that was going around a couple months ago. There's like, you've been peeling bananas the wrong way your entire life. This is how monkeys do it. I was like, well- Monkeys don't drive a car, so <laughs> I'm going to use this little handle that nature put on top of the banana to peel the banana. Thank you. Maybe they've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Right, also,
3: no.
1: I don't do it with my feet. I've
3: been <laughs> I've been told that the Yanni or Laurel debate that is going on. If if we uh, play it in uh, at a regular volume, Laurel, Laurel. I hear Laurel. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot of people, for some reason, hear Yanni. I heard if you play it at a low volume, it will take the the low end out of the recording, and we are more likely to hear Yanni. So I'm going to try that. Hold on.
1: Laurel. Still hear Laurel.
4: Just lower.
0: Yeah. Just harder to hear. Laurel. (laughs) What?
1: I thought you were going to play a Yanni song. (laughs) People were doing that. They were Rickrolling you because it had the same
3: graphic as the tweet that went out. Mm hmm and uh, then you play it, and it would be like "Am I gonna give you up?" Um, <laughs> by the way, the person who tweeted that out
1: originally should what, be arrested. She
3: oh. was. Uh, she's like a teenage influencer. Uh, do you know what those are?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: So no, I don't know what is that. Basically,
3: you get paid to promote things just for being you. You know, like a Kardashian type thing.
2: Yeah. Maybelline pays you twenty million dollars to do a smoky eye demonstration on YouTube. This girl looks like she's about fifteen. And she must have a massive following, though, if she's an influencer. Two hundred and thirty thousand okay.
1: followers. She's like fifteen. And I I I had
3: an intense dislike for her after I'm like, what is an in what like what kind of stuff is she influencing? Who
0: is she influencing? So
3: if you yeah. just go past that tweet and look on her timeline, it's just so annoying. And like the third thing is like Coach- her Coachella pictures, and she's wearing all kinds of designer. Oh, outfits at
1: Coachella. Was she wearing the golden white dress <laughs> yeah. that looked black and and blue? Oddly enough, her name
2: Laurel. <laughs> oh, her name was Yanni? That's a weird name. <laughs> Jeff Coggle, Mr. Wednesday, with us this morning. And do you have shows coming up this weekend? Not this weekend, but I'm just looking forward to this loaded show. You guys are kind of getting me hyped up for, uh, oh, for I this. Can't wait if it's, for it's this. all sold out, such a good lineup where I'm going to see some people I haven't seen in a while. Norlax is coming back into town. I haven't seen Derek Snyder in I forever, know. so I'm pumped about that. Great comics uh, abounding at the uh, the second now sold
3: out show. But a third is on the way. We'll tell you about it in about an hour. Val has news next. Val, what do we'll you got? We'll talk
0: about an actual cure for hangovers.
3: You should talk about that story about the uh, the brownies <laughs> and the workers. <laughs> it's it's
1: you you
0: it. It. 62 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. The Baldwin-Whitehall School District is addressing the opioid epidemic. They'll be hosting a town hall meeting tonight from 630 to 9. Governor Tom Wolf has announced a 90-day heroin and opioid disaster declaration in Pennsylvania. Most recent stats cited in the press release shows 4,642 fatal drug overdoses in Pennsylvania in 2016. Oh, yeah. Speakers tonight will include Dr. C. Thomas Brophy, an addiction and emergency medicine specialist, first responders and DEA officers, and recovering addicts. The
1: The the, the sad thing is is that the people that need to hear that aren't going to go right. to this. Yeah. But I mean, Family you know, members anything might... to raise awareness and yeah. Yeah. If fam- family members that are affected by it, I just, yeah. I can't tell you guys how many people, how many friends I've, I've lost to, to drugs.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's numbers crazy.
1: But I think
3: the other thing about the, uh, that's like in conjunction with the opioid em- epidemic leading up to it, there are so many people who didn't understand the strength of these drugs who were prescribed them legally. It's not, you know, I think that mm-hmm. a lot of times people, when they hear opioid epidemic, they think about people like illegally obtaining drugs to get high. There's people who are given drugs by doctors for
1: surgeries. That's a lot of times how it starts.
3: Right,
0: and then they turn to heroin because...
1: It's an economic decision. Right. Because the street value of uh, Oxycontin and those kinds of drugs is through the roof, and it's just a lot cheaper to go the other route. Well, the good news is they are steering towards the
3: legalization of marijuana in this state and many others, and that has proven to be... Uh, to lower opioid addiction addiction in the the states where it's legalized. So, I mean, Pennsylvania's a long way from it. But, uh, you know, when the mayor of the city of Pittsburgh endorses it, you know that the the tide is turning.
1: Hopefully they'll just keep those shops separate from the vape shops because I think (laughs) Jeff had a good point. Oh, (laughs) oh, no, he does. I don't want to mingle with people that are smoking a Sega Genesis cartridge (laughs) and blowing a plume of smoke like it's a stack from a mill. The amount of people who are smoking those things outside of hospitals is always like, uh, oh, yeah. F- f- hilarious to me. Just it's little like, smokestacks. She's <laughs> like, I want to be offended, but it smells like cherry blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that?
0: Somebody's in their car It's like, oh, my God, your car's on fire. No, wait yeah. a minute. You're
4: oh, just, no. He's just right. vaping.
1: He's, he's just vaping. I think a stick of dynamite went off in that car. <laughs> like, don't those people always get out of there? Those are the people that their keys are like on a huge, long. Chain that says like West Virginia or something like a lanyard. Like a (laughs)
0: lanyard. You know what I'm talking about?
1: They get out with a code red and cargo shorts. Okay, this is all starting to make sense.
0: Election officials say Republican voters in the Commonwealth <laughs> selected Scott Wagner to challenge Governor Tom Wolf in the fall. The York County trash hauler defeated Allegheny <laughs> County residents Paul Mango and Laura Ellsworth in the GOP primary election Tuesday. Wagner will be running alongside Jeff Bartos, who won the GOP nod for lieutenant governor. Braddock Mayor John Fetterman going to run alongside Governor Tom Wolf this November. That was a surprise. Uh, Fetterman bested four others, including incumbent Mike Stack to win the Democratic uh, primary yesterday. Stack becomes the first sitting lieutenant governor to lose a primary election.
3: Well, wasn't he the jackass that was like getting police escorted around?
0: And wasn't he like not very nice to his staff? He was
3: like awful to everybody. But if his wife wanted to go to Macy's, she'd get like a state cop
1: entourage, you know, taking her there. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Have you ever been to Macy's? They approach you. They're really aggressive. (laughs) I would love to just have security. I don't
3: think they follow her in. I think they just had a a, a car. uh, What do you call those things?
1: The
0: escort.
3: Thanks. I can't even think right now. Firing on about 70% efficiency. That's okay. Synapses.
0: Campaign officials for Representative Jake Wheatley are calling an altercation at a polling place yesterday. A sad attempt at political theater. Wheatley is accused of pushing a campaign worker for Arian Abney up against a car during an altercation. Representatives for Wheatley's campaign say the worker was harassing voters and verbally taunted the incumbent and a confrontation ensued. A poll worker telling Channel 11 that police told him they would file a harassment charge against Wheatley. Feelings can be hurt when people fight with their significant other, but for people suffering with arthritis, diabetes, or other conditions... They may result in more actual pain. Researchers at Penn State analyzed diaries from more than 200 patients. They found that patients who reported having tension with their spouse tended to report greater pain from their health symptoms. Uh, They also found that for many patients, the pain had an effect on tensions with their spouse the following day. Researchers say this may point to the need for interventions for couples suffering with chronic diseases.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I mean Serena and I have been really good. We've been on like a Roger Maris like streak of not fighting. Mm. <laughs> and I am walking on sunshine, yeah, man. Yeah, feeling Happy no pain. wife, happy life. It is it's it's true. When she <laughs> when she's pissed at me, it's like, oh Your god, my ach- shoulder hurts.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: And is this a medical miracle? A professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, has achieved a breakthrough in what he thinks could be a cure for hangovers. The hangover pill is filled with natural enzymes that are usually found in liver cells, which help the body process alcohol faster. Mm -hmm. You take the pill, it gives your liver a boost in its efforts to get your system cleared out long before you have to deal with hangover symptoms. The research team is so encouraged by the results of this Uh, pill on mice they will begin testing it on humans in a year or so i'll volunteer oh my god
1: i'm i'm first in line yeah if i do one shot one which i can't remember where we were we we did one shot oh it was after the uh burr show when Uh, we were hanging out with bartnick yes one shot in a night of just regular beer drinking
3: Ruined for the next Destroyed. day. Yeah, well, ruined. you know. To be fair, I don't think that night ended until about four a.m. True. <laughs> that might add more to do with but your hangover. I
1: can drink a hundred beers and not have a hangover. I don't know what it is.
3: You can drink a hundred Mick Ultras, yes, and not have a hangover,
1: or three ninety-minute Dogfish Heads Look, and be throwing uh, up in the alley. <laughs> Look, you have to drink water. You have to drink water. But for some people like Val, whose liver just can't process I the know. stuff, she needs an enzyme boost. Well look, you you look like you're twenty five. Oh,
3: you don't ever so have to worry fun. about hangovers.
1: <laughs> you know
0: But I wanna have fun. You do have fun. I wanna have a I wanna have a drunken fun night and so say wait. I feel like dancing. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that was the last time I saw you have fun. Right. <laughs> And that was a long just time cut ago. Cut loose, but your hangovers are brutal. It's
0: just not worth it.
1: Do you take it the night? So you take it the night of drinking?
0: Uh, that I don't know.
1: Okay. I, I would guess, because yeah.
0: then it would help your as it, your the alcohol is fortify going your liver, in your body, right? Yeah, keep doing that research, buddy. Uh, <laughs> there is an organization called Menage Life that is for uh, sex crazed horn dogs. <laughs> and they are planning to break the Four record <laughs> for the world's biggest orgy in Las Vegas. Uh, the current record established in 2006 in Tokyo. 500 people participated. Minaj Life is aiming at at least 1,000 people. The orgy will be June 2nd at the Embassy Suites in Vegas. Couples are $200. All the single ladies are 25 bucks. No single men allowed.
1: <laughs> That's good. Yeah.
0: They will have security guards enforcing proper orgy etiquette. If you make advances without permission or fail to heed the word "no," you will be kicked out.
1: God, who are the lifeguards at these things? Uh, yeah, that's a tough gig.
0: Orgy participants will get free condoms, lube, towels, <laughs> hand sanitizer, and other sex accompaniments. Whatever yeah. I don't know. Accoutrement, Condom- condiments. They'll also have a clean space with condiments. Co- <laughs> Uh, they'll also have a clean space with clearly marked and separate receptacles for waste and linen disposal. So they're encouraging cleanliness as, at least. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Does everybody have to go through a de-lousing station? <laughs> <Just> DDT.
0: <laughs>
1: Spray with DDT.
0: The Silkwood shower.
1: The, the Baby powder explosion. They must <laughs> offer morning after pills like Tic Tacs.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: well,
1: Everybody gets a punch in the stomach on the way out. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. What are we doing here? This is not a place we should have been. Honey, Vegas, really, you know, they say whatever happens
0: in Vegas stays at... Shut up, Arnold. <laughs> June 2nd. I'm never letting you forget this. <laughs> in case you're interested. In you have to bring
1: a dance partner to that, right?
0: Well, yeah, again, it's couples or single yeah. women. No single guys. They should do it like a
3: big boxing match. So that you could buy tickets and just be a spectator.
1: I agree. You know? I think that would sell. I really do. Something where you could sit in the mezzanine like you're uh, a surgeon, like, uh,
3: you know, uh, watching somebody operate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like in those medical theaters they have. Right.
0: You'd think they're all going to be hot people, though.
3: No. (laughs) I don't think hot people go to orgies.
1: They, they I know, cur- I've seen real
0: it's, sex. Yeah, I know that's these people. that's
1: what it is. It's oh. going to be a bunch of frumpy dudes with ponytails. <laughs> and back hair. And oh, I chicks mean, with armpit hair. How about the and, janitorial staff cleaning up after that? Oh. Guys just sweeping belly hair like by the bushel. I think you just got to burn the place down after <laughs> that, right? <laughs> <laughs> they do implode casinos out there idea. all the time. Guys, let's set this on fire. There's no coming back from this.
0: Stan Lee is reportedly suing his ex-business partners at POW Entertainment. TMZ reports the comic book legend is going after the current CEO and a co-founder of the production company for a billion dollars. I
3: swear to God, I was like, Stanley, who?
0: Oh, Stan Lee. Uh, <laughs> the lawsuit alleges the two either tricked <laughs> Stan Lee into signing over the rights to his name or possibly forged his signature In addition to the money, he is also hoping to get the rights to his name back as a result of the legal action. Def Leppard has partnered with a Seattle-based brewery to produce a beer they are calling Def Leppard Pale, set to make its debut May 23rd. The beer will be made available for purchase at most stops on the band's upcoming summer tour with Journey, which will uh, be at PPG Paints Arena on June 2nd. So you'll be able to get some of that Def Leppard pale. I, I
1: can't. It's the date of the orgy.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: I'm double booked.
0: Oh, sorry. You're going to miss Not it.
1: something you want to be at an
0: orgy. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> season three of A&E Network's Ozzy and Jack's World Detour set to premiere on June 13th. On the new season, Ozzy is anxious to hit the road to escape the stress of planning his final solo world tour, and he'll be jo- joined by daughter Kelly the three osbornes have not appeared in a regularly scheduled television series since the MTV show the osbornes ended in 2005 That I love is actually that show. I was just going to say that is actually a pretty entertaining show
1: That was when reality shows were were good it was just in the the dawn yeah. of it all
0: I actually meant the new show is oh. is entertaining
3: But I the, haven't but seen the, the
1: osbornes
0: was entertaining The
1: osbornes was awesome
3: yeah, it was hard to imagine that there wasn't a lot of reality in that. Yeah, you know, whereas most reality shows, you're like, like particularly Hogan knows best. Like, there's just completely fabricated. That might as well have been the Brady Bunch. But Ozzy really does just daughter around like an old man and do whatever Sharon tells him to do.
0: That's what he does in this show with Jack. <laughs> How do you get this TV dinner open? It's so funny. They were running a marathon of it the other day, and I just caught an episode and. All Ozzy wanted to do was go to a spa.
1: <laughs> Dude. But see, that their family to me was so interesting. Just all the different dynamics. You know, Jack growing up, mm-hmm. Kelly, the the, the the you know, the dynamic. Anything Ozzy was doing was incredibly interesting. They had a nice house. And then it just got like reality TV. We got all the way down to like parking meter wars where we're following around a group of a meter maids. I'm yeah. Like these people are not interesting enough to have a show. What what are we doing here?
3: Unless they made the Osborne's parking meter
1: maybe. So.
0: <laughs> that would in be incredible. Case. Finally, uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby will be sentenced September twenty-fourth and twenty-fifth. He was convicted on three counts of a sexual assault last month for drugging and assaulting Andrea Constan in two thousand four. Cosby faces up to 10 years on each of the counts. Though experts believe it's unlikely the 80-year-old will receive the 30-year maximum sentence, Vulture says that he'll need to serve at least some mandatory time, even if it ends up being house arrest due to his legal blindness. Despite promising to appeal his conviction, Cosby will likely be sent to jail following the sentencing, which will include statements from witnesses. He is currently under house arrest on a million dollars bond. Scattered showers and thunderstorms. Not quite as warm today. Mid seventies for the high. It's sixty-two at dbe
3: Funny thing about Ozzy is he's like a a lawnmower. He you have to like you know the, it, a lawnmower that won't start right away. Yeah. And before he starts talking, he
1: has to like warm up. He's like,
4: <laughs>
1: but he has like the the walking habits of a a rhomba. Oh. Just bumping into oh. different things
0: He looks like he's going to tip over You know how babies <laughs> when they're learning how to walk yeah. They get going a little too fast That's what he looks like
3: Mike Pursuit is coming in next He has your sports The uh, Bucos get another W in front of a sparse crowd uh, Again last night But they keep winning 7-0 last night Also later this morning We're going to announce the third show In the DBE Comedy Festival We sold out the first two Let's play three We'll tell you who the latest is at 8 o'clock this morning Plus, uh, later this morning, Mark Madden will be joining us here And JT, the Samurai Bracket, Pittsburgh's first openly gay professional boxer He's going to be uh, boxing next Friday And it's the first time It's a big deal I, I, Yeah I Or but, is it? I don't know I don't know, he's uh, featured on the cover of the Pittsburgh
1: City paper If you haven't seen it does he have like a a gay persona as the like? Is it a gay samurai? I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask JT the samurai bracket at age 45 about that. I know he's got. I like don't a- want to get beat up here. I just you know I want to be respectful, but I'm I'm curious. Not by curious, but I'm curious.
4: <laughs> How
3: curious? <laughs> Mike has your sports when we come back on the DVE morning. DVE sports yeah mike Prasuda has your sports right now on the dve morning show you got a usa baseball jersey on today
5: that i do I stay baseball today for the u.s team no for pirates buckos the White first Sox. place buckos but there's hockey tomorrow so i'm trying to get the mojo going i'm going down to the ballpark after the show today isn't it a shame that there's not international football
3: we got, you know... Nobody else plays it. I know. International hockey. We got international... Yeah. We could clean up. We could. Yeah, but we still compete in sports that we don't play here. You know? We'll still get a highlight team together or something.
5: <laughs> Why don't these whiffs want to play us in football? Wouldn't that be great? Just not enough steroids to go around the rest of the world, I guess.
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine, and like, an NFL... Super team playing, like, China. What's well, what I wonder? Like, would India be good? India
3: would probably be really good. Anywhere where rugby was good, it would be good. Australia would, after they stopped fighting, would probably figure out how to be good. A team of fullbacks.
5: <laughs> Everybody's a fullback. You know, I mean, most people, are. you fig- you work at something long enough, you figure it out. The English. It's how just, have the English not adopted just not, American football? Just, it's not on their radar, I guess. Well, that's the
1: argument that people always say: why, why the United States doesn't compete on the world stage in soccer because all our best athletes Play aren't playing soccer.
5: Yeah, right. But we still at least have soccer here. True. Well, the English would disagree, but but we but it's not like kids grow.
3: Almost every kid grows up playing soccer in America. They yeah. don't grow
5: up playing American football in England. And then they realize, hey, this is stupid. I'm going to play a real sport. No, I think they realize there's no money in this.
1: <laughs> I'm sick of running around all day and not even touching the ball. i got to run for an hour and a half and I get to kick it twice? <laughs> Come on, I got you betting on, on soccer. It's good fun.
5: Well, that's... <laughs> hey, once every I'm four just... years...
1: Now the World Cup is great
5: fun. World oh, the Cup's World great.
4: Cup
1: is awesome.
5: No, actually, that that big-time soccer, I've it's growing on me. I, it's popular now. A lot of the writers... Uh, and media people that I run in circles with, uh, they watch that Premier League stuff. It's on TV all the time yeah. here. People adopt uh, a team as their own. And I, I get it. I just don't have the time to add another sport. I just don't.
3: Well, and the other thing
5: about it is in
3: order to watch it live, it's it's inconvenient most times, Saturday at 9 o'clock Yeah, in the throwing down beers at Saturday, 9 a.m., you know, that, we, going
5: down to Pipers. We've talked a couple of times about that uh, Premier League game I went to when the Steelers were in London. I saw Tottenham play Chelsea, mm-hmm. and that was one of the coolest experiences I ever had I in bet. sports. That was, you know, from taking the tube uh, through London, uh, That I, I would liken that to uh, the subway in New York, to Yankee Stadium. Except nicer. Yeah, and you didn't have to walk couple of miles through a ghetto to get to the stadium, right. but, uh, just, the, the, they are so into it over there. Yeah. The, the organized chanting and the drinking and, uh, everybody wearing the colors and it's intense. It's just interesting it's, to me. The sport has not grown outside of this country
1: for as big as it is here. Why are the, why are the sports media guys all soccer fans? Is it cause not, they don't have to deal with any of the yeah. fans locally?
3: Probably. They don't
1: have a dog in the fight at
3: all. Probably, yeah. You know,
1: ultimately what gets them into covering
5: sports in sports journalism is a love of the sport. And then you can't root for the team you cover if you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm so over top on Michigan State now is because that's my fan outlet. And I still love sports. Honest to God, I do. I watch it all the time. Oh, I know that you do. I'm never going to burn out on it. So many sports writers do.
3: So many sports writers burn out on it, and it, it is so Transparent
5: in their writing,
3: and you know what else sucks.
5: <laughs> I would, if I lived in England, I would go to those soccer games all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you got a Riverhounds uh, season coming up here. If I lived in England, I would go to those <laughs> soccer games. Let me reiterate. The how did Buckos do? Even the way they. One more England story. Uh, I think I've told this before, but it's. It, it speaks to how they have it set up. They don't have. Fan problems now. They used to. They have fewer now because they don't let the fans interact. The the sections in the stadium are segregated. The bars are segregated. Really? They have. Oh my God. That's funny. We're in Tottenham, England, and there's a sign on the window in the bar Tottenham fans only. Their color is blue. I got a black Sharky's hoodie on, very small little logo. Yeah. And I go to walk in, the bouncer sticks his arm out. Where do you think you're going, mate? So, uh, hey, I'm just—I'm here from America. I'm going to the American football game tomorrow, and I just—I just wanted to see the show. He looks at me and he goes, "F off, Yank." And he wouldn't let me in. I kind of respect that. That's amazing. Tottenham fans only means Tottenham fans only. Sports segregation. Fewer bar fights that way, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. What about in the Plus, like poli- in the stadium? Do they leave
5: out different exits? <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they get in and out, but the police are in the aisle between the visiting section and the home section.
1: Yeah, that's smart. After the yeah. the second fire broke out, they were probably like, you know, we should do something about. It. Is- what do you do in Philadelphia when you have to separate the fans from each other? You send them down uh, to the jail. We haven't figured that courthouse. out yet. Yeah.
3: they have it's- more history than us. We're have the to- stadium. They should start serving beer out of milk cartons there. <laughs> like cardboard. That's, that's how you should have to drink a beer in Philadelphia. Or like Goal a sippy course?
1: cup where you can't pour it out. or You can't throw it over. Oh.
5: <laughs> F off, Yank.
1: I love that. F off, Yank.
5: Doesn't listen to you anymore. You're wearing so, the
1: wrong colors.
5: 7 nothing Pirates over the White Sox last night. And another gem from Trevor Williams. Seven innings, six hits, no runs, no walks. Six strikeouts. He improves to five and two on the year. His ERA is two point seven two. That is uh, the thirteenth time in the last fourteen starts for Trevor Williams at PNC Park that he has allowed two earned runs or fewer. See, when gambling becomes legal, mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing people are going to want to pick up on because this is a trend. Pitches very well at PNC Park, right? So you want to you want to play those? How of
3: you know? I was thinking about that yesterday, Mike. Casino operators, you know whatever legal bookmakers makers will be called going forward. Imagine the windfall they'll experience
5: from the first year of novice gamblers just throwing money around. I think it, the conversation we had relative to the lines, though, I thought was interesting because everybody around here is going to bet on the Steelers. Right. So what do you? How do you? They're going to have to move that thing significantly <laughs> to get people off of that. But you.
3: You can't have localized lines like that. I mean, you're going to have to operate on some sort of national level well, when it comes to that. Are stuff. you? I don't. To your point, I don't know how they'll. They're running their adjust own sports sports. unless they sell it off. Like I said yesterday, but I, mean, I could
5: set the lines myself, right? It, people don't have to bet on it. Or it, the reason they're nationals because they're pretty good at it. But, but I wouldn't but, bet through them if I was in Pittsburgh. Well, if that you,
3: line was moving, I would pick one in Vegas so that it was but more you, reflective of the national. You line. can't do that here, though, right? Sure you can. Right now? Uh well no, I mean you can illegally down you can have an app yeah. on your phone
5: that, you know that so if you want to go gamble, through the legal technically channels right. And and play by the new rules, whatever they are, then you're gonna have to take the local line.
3: I don't know that that's the case.
5: I don't, I don't know I don't know that a Stiller fan's gonna say, you know, we're given seven in Vegas, we're given ten here, I'm gonna take the Eagles. I
1: don't know that they're gonna God, do that. I would never bet on the Steelers. It's the loss potential is too great. Yeah, it's it's a I lose a bet and they lose. Yeah, it's a double punch. Nobody's merging in front of me for the entire week. F off if we're at the supermarket and you got one item and I got two carts full. I will say that betting on baseball is a whole lot of fun.
5: So unless you're playing the strikeout game, right? The <laughs> pa- pass the hat. <laughs> That can be,
3: again, if you want to pass the day at a ballpark with your buddies, passing the hat at a buck, a batter is one of the funnest ways to to, to to hang out at a ballpark in the afternoon. Just don't let it get out of hand. Just don't let it get out of hand and take lots of singles with you. Who takes the pot? Home runs take the pot. Outs put a buck in. Base hit, you take a buck. Double, you take two. Triple, you take three. Double play, you put two in. Strikeout looking, you match the pot. Yeah. That's Ooh. the one that gets you.
5: Ooh. Especially when it's a spring training game and the pitcher has no interest in even taking <laughs> the bat off his shoulders. And I'm sitting there holding the pot. And you're watching it. Strike one. Strike two. <laughs> here it comes. Bend over, Pally.
3: <laughs> Pursuit is <laughs> just cackling behind me as I'm just staring down at this. Like, I believe
5: I called that shot like Babe Ruth. I said, you know, he's not even going to swing here. You did, yeah. Now I remember it vividly. Old McKechnie yes. before, they, before they refurbished it. Uh, Francisco Cervelli and Starling Marte left the game last night with injuries. Marte uh, due to right side discomfort. Cervelli got hit by a pitch. Uh, he's got forearm discomfort. Neither one of those would be good for the Bucks. And George Contos is not your uh, eighth inning setup guy anymore, at least not for the time being. Uh, the win last night elevated the Pirates to 24-17. They are percentage points ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers for first place in the NL Central. Jamison Tyone against Carson Fulmer in the brief series finale uh, against the White Sox today. That's a 12-35 start against the Pale Hose. Lightning beat the Caps 4-2. That series is now 2-1 in the Caps' favor. And uh, Vegas and Winnipeg play tonight. That's 1-1. They're in Vegas. 9 o'clock start. Good deal. Thanks, Mike. Val, what do you got coming up?
0: We'll talk about the most common ways you screw up on your first day at a new job.
3: Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. JT, the Samurai Bracket, Pittsburgh's first openly gay <laughs> professional boxer who debuts next Friday. We're going to interview him at 845 today. An interesting fella.
5: Very interesting. Yeah. That, that's... Oh, the Samurai's his nickname. Yes. yes. The way he said that, the Samurai Bracket. I was trying to figure out what a Samurai Bracket is.
3: Uh, no, yes. JT... The samurai bracket, Bracket.
5: yeah. Need a
3: pause
1: in there.
0: Like Stan Lee,
1: right? Tom Cruise versus John Belushi. You can check different samurais. He's on the cover of the uh, city paper,
3: and he looks less like he has a boxer's physique, and more like a guy that just took his shirt off, and he's getting in the fight. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how he fares i don't know maybe he's got a great record we'll find out 8
1: 45 first openly non-boxing boxer
3: <laughs> and at eight o'clock we'll tell you about the third show of the dve comedy festival we're adding adding another one after the first two have sold out and it's a good one wait to hear what it is coming up
1: it's the dve morning show lori why do we have to leave Cranberry?
0: Oh, come on, Lenny. All the top chefs are moving into the city and opening restaurants, not the suburbs. Yeah,
1: but I read in the paper yesterday that those chefs didn't bring the servers with them, and they can't find any good help now. Bah,
0: nonsense. At these high-end restaurants, the servers go through a rigorous training session. Uh-huh. Chef here was a beard finalist last year. He's not going to have an inept staff. Oh, here comes our waiter now.
3: Hey! Hey, what's up, you guys? I mean, good evening, and welcome to Shiv. I'll be your waiter. I mean, server. (laughs) My name's Mike, but everyone calls me Big Mike, even though they told me not to tell you that part. (laughs) It's my first day working here after working down a spaghetti warehouse for a long-ass time. So, hope you got me some slack.
4: Oh, great.
3: Can I start you off with some agua? Uh, Yeah, we'd love two Waters. Okay. Fancy or tap? Pro tip. I go with the fancy stuff cuz the water on this end of town makes Flint Michigan look like Poland Springs if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, wow. Do
1: you have a beer list? <sighs>
3: nah, they made me memorize it. Uh I think we got Uncle Fappy's Riverburg PA. Uh we got a Werner Herzog Stat. Ah, uh, there's a felch barn weed, I think. Yeah,
1: I've never heard of any of those.
3: Yeah, I'm probably saying it wrong. For real, just getting iron. I mean, they only keep them on tap, to be ironic. But the rest of that stuff tastes like yeast barf, if you ask me. Mike? It's Big Mike.
0: Is there a wine list? Uh, yeah,
3: it's freaking huge. <laughs> also, we have a Somalian if he's got any questions about it.
0: A Somalier?
1: What'd I say? You said he was a Somalian.
3: Well, I don't know about that, but he's definitely ethnic. <laughs> Ken's a good dude, though. He's got them gauges in his ear, but he's a good listener. I'll send him right over. All right, now, he's got any questions on the menu, because I sure did when I first saw it. Oh am I Um, uh,
0: How is the fluke prepared? Uh, Chef cooks it,
3: and it's real, real good.
0: Mm, cooks it how?
3: Like in a pan. Wow. He puts all kinds of stuff in it. It's awesome.
1: how's the tartar (laughs) raw as hell dude
3: oh my god for real he showed me that i was like come on raw beef this is fair factor where's joe rogan huh
1: you know i just i just want to double check something was the chef here a, a beard award finalist I don't know, but Ken probably was because he's got a forest on his chin. (laughs) Big Mike. Now you got
3: it.
0: Would you mind grabbing us the waters while we look over the menu some more? We're going to need a little more time.
3: No sweat. Totally understand. I'm going to fire it down a spirit real quick in the alley, and I'll be right back in. Oh, you should check out that pork belly. At first, I was like, no way, I ain't eating nobody or nothing's belly unless it's Diane's. But good as hell, I'm telling you, it tastes like bacon for real. Don't be afraid to get adventurous, This is all about down here at Shiv! All right! Hey, Ken, can I get a light?
0: Do you want to go back to Cranberry?
1: Well, I'd say let's stick around and see if he can pronounce the dessert menu, but I think Big Mike is over there getting fired right now.
0: Hey, all I did was lay the spirit off the stove! I used to do that all the time when I worked up at Grandview Saloon! What's the big deal? Feelings can be hurt when people fight with their significant other, but for people suffering with arthritis, diabetes, or other conditions, They may result in more actual pain. Researchers at Penn State analyzed diaries from more than 200 patients. They found that patients who reported having tension with their spouse tended to report greater pain from their health symptoms.
1: Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, Serena and I have been really good. We've been on like a Roger Maris-like streak of not fighting. (laughs) And I am walking on sunshine,
4: man. Happy wife,
1: happy life. It is. it's, It's true. When she when she's pissed at me, it's like oh you god, body-ish. my shoulder hurts. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE
3: Morning Show. I mean, it's very uh, uh, serendipitous that in the midst of this Laurel Yanni conversation, which one do you hear, Laurel or Yanni?
4: Laurel.
0: Laurel. Yeah. Still hearing Laurel.
3: I hear Laurel. Uh, Laurel is performing tonight. At the Benidorm Center. How do you like that? Really? Yanni's 25th Acropolis Anniversary Concert Tour. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know if he was
1: even alive. I've been waiting for this Acropolis tour for
0: Uh, 25 years. I don't
1: know. Joe, can we get uh, Yanni
3: or can we see if Yanni will box the first openly gay boxer, JT, the Samurai Bracket?
1: (laughs) By the way, I got Yanni in that fight. (laughs) Yeah. Yanni going, plays no games. He's going with Yanni. He's got a lip broom that's heavyweight. I got to talk to my buddy Kenny G and see if he needs me to go down and gluey this guy tonight or something like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? like? Is he a keyboardist? What What is he like? What is Yanni's music? Yeah, he. I like, don't know if I've yes. ever heard it. Basically,
3: he just goes out there and acts Greek for an hour with some muzak behind him. <laughs> and he points to the crowd every once in a while and presses a synthesizer. I wonder
0: if that's sold out.
1: He has baklava cannons on the side of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoots yogurt all over the front row.
4: <laughs> Who wants
1: feta cheese? He does the LeBron thing except with feta. Oh,
3: Let's Val- get this thing going. Val, I am, per- I am purchasing you a seat in the front row. Oh, there's, there's plenty available for Yanni tonight. There are lots. <laughs> Yanni seats. Val, I'm putting you right in the front row in a single nice. seat. Seventy three dollars. You're going to see Laurel front Whoa, and center. That's affordable for Yanni. Grand Circle Center. Seventy three bucks. But if you want to see Fleetwood Mac from the top row, it'll be two hundred and twelve dollars. Uh
0: Come it know, looks like sense. Yanni is a keyboardist.
3: Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. But he's been he's been pushed aside by the
1: tests of the world.
4: That son of
3: a it bitch.
1: looks like Yanni's a magician.
3: Oh, he definitely
1: looks. Ah, like uh, he has that vibe. I don't know if he still has that crazy lip room that he used to have, but
0: <laughs> he's like a rock. He's like a rock star classical guy.
3: I have no doubt that it's very good, and the musicians are top notch, and it's awesome, and everything like that. It's just not necessarily my bag, but it's seventy three bucks in the. Uh,
0: this in video the front. Um, is he performing with the symphony? Because this yeah. video, our symphony.
3: Well, oh no! I don't know. Not tonight. He wouldn't be because well, maybe it's at the Benedum,
0: where they play Heinz Hall.
3: I think so. But at any rate, Laurel is in town tonight. The you know, <laughs> twenty-five Acropolis anniversary concert tour.
1: You know who I always envision Yanni as? Do you remember John Hams, saxophone sketch guy? That's what he looks like. <laughs> like I just picture Yanni playing keys with his shirt off. And just dry humping the air the whole time wearing tight leather pants.
0: You know he does that for Linda Evans.
1: Are they still together? I don't know that.
3: Yanni looks like a guy Cher dated back in the day that, oh. that that everybody used to make fun of. She probably did. If I could turn back Yanni. Here's the thing, folks. The <laughs> DVE Comedy Fest. Was such a, a crazy success. Sold out the big show at the Byam Theater in uh, about 40 hours. Then we put the arcade comedy theater show, the loaded show, the second stage on sale, and that sold out in a couple of days. We've added a third show to the DV- DVE Comedy Festival, and in true festival fashion, we are spreading it out over the weekend. So Friday we've added night, a second day, your comedy dance card is filled for Friday. So we've gone to Saturday. And folks, we're doing it up podcast style. Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast live here in Pittsburgh at the Rex Theater. That's get that's going to be a Saturday show. And as always with Doug Benson, mm-hmm. that show starts at 4:20. <laughs> with good reason <laughs> three o'clock doors for that tickets on sale right now at dv well at 10 a.m today i should say at dve.com if you've never uh heard the doug loves movie oh it's
1: great podcast
3: it is so fun he ha- he brings uh celebrity guests with him yes and they uh they do a podcast where he talks
1: about his favorite thing in the world which is movies and um, yeah, it's got kind of a game, a game show yes. vibe to it, mm-hmm. but it's all stand-up comics. So the the whole conversation is just funny, and those shows sell out when he does the improv. Right, and you know, it just so happens that there are a number of big name
3: comics in town that weekend. Oh, so Doug Benson's Doug huh. Loves Movies podcast live Saturday at four twenty on June thirtieth. <laughs> that that's the third in our DVE Comedy Festival series of shows and again those tickets go on sale at 10 a.m today at dve.com so we're psyched by the man we've been psyched. trying to get doug benson to be a part of the comedy festival since we started it wow yeah. so this is the first chance we've been able to do it where schedules worked out where everything worked out big get. typically because he works in such a unique way it's tough to get him on stage with five other comics uh and his comedy as you know is um is very unique, and Doug's a great dude, and he's hilarious. I can't wait to uh, hang out with him. That's Saturday, June 20th, the third of our uh, comedy festival shows. Tickets on sale at 10 a.m. at dve.com. Not, Not difficult. That's Friday. Read. Not today. I keep saying today. It's Friday. It's Friday.
0: This Friday morning. God, I thought it was today.
3: Alright. You know him from Super like Friday. Super High Me, His documentary, Super High Me, where he emulated Morgan Spurlock's Super Size Me. It's Except great. he just smoked tons of weed. That documentary is hilarious. And also Comedy Central's The High Court will be bringing his podcast to us It's part of the DVE Comedy Festival. Doug Benson now on the bill. Val, what's up?
0: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance.
1: 63
0: degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the Channel 11 News on Fox 53 weeknights at 10. The world has more billionaires than ever before, and one in four live right here in the U.S. Survey called the Wealth X Billionaire Census reports there are 2,754 billionaires today. 25% of them make their homes in the U.S., in fact, those 680 U.S. billionaires outnumber all the super-rich in China, Germany, and India combined. The American billionaires have collective wealth of $3.2 trillion. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos is the richest with a net worth of more than $132 billion. Speaking of money, according to a retirement expert, you should have twice your annual salary saved by the age of 35.
1: That's insane.
0: Which... Your salary, I mean, your salary would increase, so you would have a certain standard of living at thirty-five and forty-five. I mean, traditionally, you think your salary would increase, but
3: yeah, but that's it's just it's so situational. That's a very tough thing to say to people. Mm. I mean, yes, ideally,
0: who has done that? Anybody? N- right.
1: Nobody. I remember
0: meeting Those with billionaires. The- did.
1: You're right. I remember meeting with a financial planner and they said, okay, what you need is you need to save up eight months worth of expenses in case something happens where you get laid off or, you know, something falls out of the sky, you know, maybe hits your roof and now you need a whole new roof. You got to be able to, uh, to do that. And I've never done that. I've never been able to. Well, you're still digging out from student loans. Yes. I, again, people have no idea the weight that uh, people are, are, are suffering under from their student loan debt. I'm at least back on the grid, though, now. Yeah. Now when they call, like I answer because I'm like, what's up? I'm <laughs> giving you your money. Why are you calling? Oh, dude, I
3: defaulted on all my student loans before I got this job. Yeah. I would just laugh at them when they called me.
1: I was like, hey, what, dude, what do you want me to? What do you want me to do? You we me should come watch meet dishes? up in person, and I can, you know, shadow me for a day. Right? I'm not hiding the money. <laughs> this was a bad investment on your guys' part.
0: A survey found 66 <laughs> really percent of millennials admit they have absolutely no retirement savings. They still live with their parents.
1: Half of them, because they're ensnared in debt. It it's- is. It's crippling. It's gotta like I think it's starting to change now. When we were talking to our, our buddy Mike when we went to the, the Penguins game, um he was saying that a lot of a lot of people are getting into the trades now again oh, they're not because going, they yeah. need they need workers and that is such a great pathway for somebody who maybe, you know, wants to be a professional right out of high school.
3: Not everybody should go to college.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's not a corporation. It shouldn't be. If you want to go and learn and get a higher education, it shouldn't be $70,000.
3: I'm sure Betsy DeVos will make great strides to make sure that education tuition stays fair.
0: Well, we're heading into vacation season. Ugh. According to a new survey, American workers took an average of 17.2 days of vacation in 2017, but that is the highest it's been in four years. But the survey also found 52% of employees still ended the year with unused vacation days losing 212 million uh 212 million paid vacation days worth 62.2 billion dollars unused. So that means the average employee basically gave an average of $561 back to his or her employer. Do you eat vacation days every year? Mm, I usually have like one or two that I don't use. I don't
1: understand you. Those don't roll over?
0: No, not not um officially. <laughs>
1: Is there a wink and a nod there? (laughs) Not officially. Yeah.
0: And nearly half of people planning to take a vacation this summer will visit a theme park. That's according to a new AAA survey. 45% of all vacationers surveyed say that's what they've got planned. The only destination more popular than theme parks are beaches and lakes. 64% of vacationers nationwide say that's what they'll do. Ocean cruises, domestic guided tours, and international guided tours round out the top five. Maybe you want to skip this place on vacation. A family of five lucky to be okay after they were chased by cheetahs at a safari park in the Netherlands. It's
4: part of a the experience. This is by Darwinism.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. A video filled by visitors at the Beekse Bergen Safari Park show The Family, which includes little kids, getting out of their car to get a closer look at the cheetahs. Well, the cats responded to their invasion of privacy by chasing them back to the vehicle.
1: You're not going to outrun a cheetah.
4: No.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. The video shows it. I missed the mute button there. The video shows a cheetah lunging at a woman with a kid in her arms before they make it back to the car. Oof. A park manager says guests are warned. Do not get out of your vehicle.
1: They should have like childproof <laughs> locks for those cars. So they can't get out of the car because that will happen if you don't.
0: Stupid. Some
1: sort of, you know, when you buy your ticket to go into the park, they just duct tape
3: all the doors shut so, you know, they yeah, stupid yeah. proof your own car. Like, <laughs>
4: right. sorry, guys,
3: you're not going to be able to get out of the car. If you have an emergency, you have to drive back here and we'll unlock them.
0: <laughs> exactly. dumb, dumb. 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 Looking forward to the yes, first day Tom. at your new job. Don't screw up. According to a new survey, almost half of people say they've screwed up on the first day at a new job. The ten most common ways they've done that: they immediately forgot someone's name. They got some- my cheetah. They got someone's name wrong. <laughs> they said something stupid because of nerves. <sighs> they went to the wrong place, which is do that
1: every morning. <laughs>
0: They showed up overdressed or underdressed. They had to have something simple explained several times. They showed up late because of traffic. Ah, that's, a, that's a tough one. They put their foot in their mouth during a conversation or they accidentally sent an email to the entire company. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is taking a stand on the gender pay gap in Hollywood. The Doctor Strange actor tells Radio Times he will turn down roles if he and his female co-stars aren't paid the same. He also called on fellow actors to boycott projects that do not have equal pay. Cumberbatch added his new production company, Sunny March, will focus on female-centered stories. Somebody, some big-name actri- actress was um, saying that that male actors
3: should take a pay cut.
0: It might have been Selma Hayek.
3: Okay. At Cannes. Why should the actor, why should they take the pay cut? Why wouldn't you go to the studios and say, just pay us what you're paying the men? Like don't take away f- you're just giving the studios more money. Yeah. The- screw Good the point. rich guys. Get your more you know, get more of your fair share from
1: the Katzenbergs and I don't know who owns That's the studio. Right. Those guys.
4: That would the Whoever make sense, the yeah.
1: replace Weinstein. It was want to give that guy money? It was almost Ron Burkle. Burkle's hilarious. He is hilarious.
3: You would imagine a great deal of comedies would have been greenlit. <laughs>
0: The first full-length trailer for (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie about Freddie Mercury and Queen, has been released. The film, which has gone through numerous personnel changes over many years, both in front of and behind the camera, will open in theaters on November 2nd. You can find that trailer on the Morning Show page at dve.com. And the Who are taking advantage of the latest wave of virtual reality technology, something Roger Daltrey says Pete Townsend dreamed of 47 years ago. Pete and Roger have teamed up with Melody VR app, a dedicated virtual reality music platform. They've made available a show from London's Wembley Arena by selecting different jump spots. You can choose to be in the front row, deep in the crowd, or up close and personal with the band on stage. Daltrey said in 1971, Pete wrote a science fiction musical called Lifehouse about a future where people didn't have to leave home to get real-life experiences from outside their four walls. We thought it was mad, but he proved to be right, and Melody VR have managed to bring this to life. This app is available on Oculus Go and Samsung Gear VR. Also taking part are Kiss and Wiz Khalifa, with more artists and performances rolling out weekly. Also on the way are live streaming concerts via virtual reality.
3: I'm not sure how their virtual reality works, if it needs to be in conjunction with a a simultaneously occurring event, or if you can just be... Immersed in any virtual event. If that's the case and there's a Who-oriented virtual event, there are way more uh, alluring incidents in Who's history that I would want to be a part of Mm -hmm. than just like some random concert in Peoria. Mm -hmm. I would... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Either like Keith Moon out on the town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with Elton John, John Lennon, and Harry Nielsen.
1: Uh, John Entwistle's Last Night Alive. Oh, I bet that was a pretty oh. good one. Just saying. Out big. We were talking uh, just this Mother's Day, you know, because my mom, I told you, she hits a point where, you know, she just puts her coat on and, and ready to wrap it I'm, up. I had enough. And we were like, you know what? Next year, why don't we just Skype you in? We'll dress up, we'll 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 have like a sculpture of you, put an outfit on it, put an iPad at the top of it, and you're here. It's a great idea. <laughs> you're hanging with us. Why not? From the comfort of your bed. You don't have to leave your house. I'm telling you, the one episode of
3: Black Mirror where they call all of the video and audio that uh, any person has ever left behind, and then they use artificial intelligence to form that person through other people saying, no, he wouldn't say that, no, he wouldn't do that. Uh, yes, that's how he would act in this inst- instance. You're they're going to do that. There are going to be virtual no question people who live on forever somehow, whether it's an, an iPad or you know, on your phone. Who
1: is the genie in the box in Pee Wee? It's going to be Jambi. Jombie. Like, it's going to be like that. Like you open two little cupboard doors and oh, there's Pappy. Here's
0: your hands, <laughs> Ooh, I've been waiting for these for a long time. <laughs> Scattered showers and thunderstorms at mid-70s for the high today. It is 64 at DVE. All
3: right, so there you have it. We have announced the third show of the DVE Comedy Festival. Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast live at the Rex Theater 420 Saturday afternoon on July 30th. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at dve.com about that. Mike's got your sports when we return. Also, we're going to talk to the first openly gay boxer uh, in Pittsburgh who is going to be debuting this fr- next Friday, which is the 24th, I believe, right? 25th. Uh, JT, the Samurai Bracket. You might have seen his picture on the cover of the City Paper. JT joins us at 845. Mark Madden at 945. Lots more to come still on the DVE Morning Show. Difference. DVE. Sports. Mike Pesuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on, Mike?
5: Sports is hour brought to you by Sports Clips. The Pirates got the bats out again last night. Beat the White Sox seven to nothing. Trevor Williams went seven shutout innings, and two relievers helped complete what was the Pirates' uh, major league best seventh shutout win of the season. They improved to twenty four and seventeen, but. It might have been a costly victory. Starling Marte and Francisco Cervelli started the game but did not finish it. Marte leaving with right side discomfort and Cervelli right forearm discomfort. No uh, immediate word as to the condition of those two guys. but Those are major, major players. Yeah, the, the hope would obviously be that they're back sooner rather than later. That 24-17 and 17 record has the Pirates in first place in the NL Central Division. They are percentage points ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers and one game up on the Cubs and Cardinals. One more against the Pale Hoes this afternoon. Jamison Tyone gets the ball at 1235. He's 2-3 with a 4.08 ERA. He'll be opposed by Carson Fulmer, 2-3, 6.23. In the Stanley Cup playoffs last night, the Lightning beat the Capitals 4-2 in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Final in Washington. Washington. Tampa Bay dominating on special teams, two for four on the power play and three for three on the penalty kill. That is a factor, and uh, all of a sudden it's a series again. We'll see if uh, Tampa can keep the road show rolling. Road teams have won all three uh, games in that series so far. Tampa has a chance now to even things up at two games apiece and take home ice back if it can win again in game four.
1: Did you see the national hockey pundits and the NHL drooling over the Stamkos one timer? And it was a thing of beauty. He just grips it, rips it, picks the
5: corner. Seemed kind of appropriate in that rink, huh? Right. (laughs) Hey, Ovi, you're not the only guy in that corner, too.
3: Yeah. uh, Beauty. Left that mark on his stick. They were making a big deal out of that for some reason, too.
1: Look at the mark on his stick from the puck. They yes, were it showing like it. every angle. Look at it. Look at his back leg, the way he just winds up. It's
3: a lot easier to root for Flurry than to root against the Capitals because it's just not satisfying to root against a
5: team. Oh, I don't know. It depends on your perspective. <laughs> if they I were guess. getting routed. I really enjoy people that I hate losing. No, I do, but it's just it's More, a More, actually, feeling. than people that. I love winning. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of wired that way. That's why you root against Michigan. Yeah. The hate keeps you warm at night. Eh,
1: Well, you know, whatever it takes. (laughs) It sucks, though, when it looks like the team you hate is going to win. And you're rooting, you know, you feel like a Twitter troll or something. You feel like you're a hater that just... That's what I mean. ...isn't good enough to actually beat them yourself. I would rather be have, like, a positive rooting...
3: uh, a force, you know, the 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 impetus behind my my rooting being positive instead of, I hope you lose. But I guess, whatever it takes. Tampa Bay, like, I don't know. They made it a series last night. You don't know in terms of... I don't know if they're going to be able to beat this team. Oh, I don't either.
5: The Capitals are... I don't are, either. Caps are they're early. built... Pretty well to 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 face them, and even you know, last night there was a moment there in the second period they were down three nothing, and they got a goal, and then they got a power play, and Kuznetsov got two or three gorgeous looks where oh boy, if they'd have got one there, now it's three to two and the place is rolling again, and who knows? Well, Ovi was the firing range there for a yeah. while.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was the first time coming down off the high of beating us. He had nine
5: shots. He had nine shots on goal and 18 attempts, Ovechkin. Six blocks. They blocked six of his shots. They're, they're all in.
1: I'm not <laughs> tough enough to be a hockey player for so many different reasons, but number
5: one on the list
1: is blocking shots. You see that animal wind up and you get in front of it.
5: No, thanks. I'm, su- you know, wh- I'm surprised the goalies don't get out of the way sometimes. <laughs> I, mean,
4: <laughs>
3: I know. That thing's
5: coming. Vasilevsky took one in the chest
3: last night that ha- he had to be feeling today. Speak- Every time I see someone take one in the boot, though,
5: when they go down, and they oh, t- oh, my God. First thing he thinks, broken foot, right?
3: For
1: right. sure. It Anything it hits in is boot. breaking.
5: Speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, he's back in action tonight. The uh, Golden Knights and the Jets in Vegas. That series is one game apiece. And a very interesting story on the flower from the Associated Press. And it's talking about Flurry's success in Vegas through the eyes of goaltending coach Dave Pryor. Now, uh, Dave Pryor is uh, the Vegas director of goaltending and NHL goaltending coach. And he worked with the Capitals in D.C. under George McPhee, who was the longtime general manager in Washington before he took over uh, the expansion Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, McPhee talks in his story about how Pryor was all over go get Flurry, go get Flurry hmm. when, when they were putting this team together. Uh, says Prior of Marc Andre Flurry, quote, he's not past his before, excuse me, he's not past his best before date. He still has the capability of playing great. Now, the numbers back that up. His regular season uh, numbers featured career highs uh, or career best, I should say. goals against, and a .927 save percentage. In the postseason, same thing. Career best, 1.68 goals against, .945 save percentage through 12 games. Flurry is 33 years old. He made his NHL debut in 2003-2004. And apparently, uh, part of the reason for his success in Vegas is they have tweaked his style and changed him a little bit. Uh, Prior talking about that, tells the Associated Press, quote, I encourage a very strategic goal game that we're trying to make it very hard for the shooters, not just trying to have all the answers for the shooter's shot. I didn't know how Mark would respond because he's an older goaltender and they usually are sort of set in their ways and it's harder for them to make adjustments, but he's been great and engaging in embracing this strategy. Probably wouldn't go into specifics with it, but, you know, Flurry has always been the athletic goalie, the, the guy who. Makes every save look spectacular, butterfly style, as opposed to those guys who anticipate like Matt Murray and kind of, kind of get there before the shot, get there ahead of the play, so to speak, and just be track in, the puck, be in front of it. Right. Uh, Pierre Maguire uh, observed last game that uh, Flurry is much more technically sound now than he used to be. I haven't seen Vegas play enough this year to to notice that, but uh, I'll take Pierre's word for it. If Flower is becoming more of a technician and less of, you know, a wild and crazy stop it by any means necessary kind of guy. Maybe that explains why the numbers are better for him than they've ever been. Pryor also talks about how they've worked with Flurry uh, about worrying less about giving up goals in practice. Remember his rep here was always, oh, he's so competitive. He goes mm-hmm. nuts when they score on him in, pra- score him in practice. Uh, Pryor, the goalie coach in Vegas, thinks that's counterproductive. Why? Well, I- why are you stressing yourself out in practice? He also wants Flurry <laughs> spending less time on the ice in practice.
1: I mean, that carries over into football. Remember work hard,
5: was... Work hard, but work less. <laughs> Remember Ben was obsessed with not throwing interceptions at training camp? Yeah. It's, just, it's curious. Now, part of this, too, is Vegas plays a very structured game, um, and that helps. But, uh, you know, you're never too uh, old to get better, I guess, is the moral of this story. Right. And uh, Marc Andre Flurry refining his game in Vegas. Would that have happened here? I bet not. Probably not.
3: Well, also, I, you know, they were probably afraid to mess with what they saw was already a successful product in a lot of ways, too. I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't sound like there's a fundamental change in approach there other than him sort of battening down the hatches a little bit. I mean, he still yeah, uses th- butterfly
5: technique. It 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 strikes me as a little bit similar to uh, what... Braden Holtby had told McGuire after he got benched for the first two games against Columbus when the playoffs started, he just went back and cleaned up his technique and refined things that he had not worked on in a long time because he he was a guy who didn't practice much because he played so much. You can can always hone your craft.
3: Yes. I wonder how Matt Murray is going to approach that in the offseason.
5: Well, he's been a guy historically who has looked – it's been a brief history – but he has looked at aspects of his game kind of Sidney Crosby-like. going to say, yeah. And, okay, I wasn't as good at this as I'll need to be and and worked on that moving forward. His uh, progression was kind of in, in juniors. He was a really big guy, so he could just be a big guy, and he, that that was good enough. And then in the AHL, he had to come out and challenge shooters more because they were better shooters and they could pick spots, so he had to work on the angles. And then in the NHL, he's been trying to become more of an anticipate guy and, you know, get their first mm-hmm. guy. Um, maybe the glove hand's next. I don't know.
3: Yeah. yeah. I hope I see him eating chicken wings with that glove
5: on. <laughs> maybe, maybe keeping he's the blo- everywhere. Maybe keeping the blocker down on the five hole when they go back forehand on the breakaways is next. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to rip Matt Murray. Record, I got gotcha. you. His record speaks for itself. But that it, it's interesting to me that the, the way Flurry kind of went there and a fresh start in Vegas maybe helped – promote some of these uh, subtle but significant changes in his game good deal when we return
3: jt the samurai bracket will be joining us here on the dve morning show he is the first openly gay pittsburgh boxer He's going to be uh, going up in his uh, highly anticipated pro debut against West Virginia Toughman finalist Brock the Brick Willis.
5: So you got the Samurai versus the Brick.
3: The immovable object, the unstoppable force.
5: (laughs) I like the Samurai bracket to go all the way.
3: We'll talk with uh, JT when we come back here on the DVE Morning Show. Not included. It is the DVE Morning Show next Friday, the 25th, at the classy Priory Grand hall on the north side big old boxing match going on which will include uh, uh a number of fights including the Ukraine's five-time national champion Oleg the Ukrainian pitbull Dovin stuff fighting off. yeah he's been training at the Congreb boxing club in Pittsburgh and uh, he had that guy, that Ukrainian dude, had 347 amateur fights. Oh my! That's God. a lot of fights. <laughs> yeah, but the big news that nice night, that night—is the debut of Pittsburgh's own JT, the Samurai Bracket, making his pro debut, and he is uh, only the second nationally openly gay boxer, and certainly the first here in Pittsburgh. And JT, the Samurai, joining us right now. Good morning, JT. How are you? I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs>
6: I, wish I had a sound to make, but I'm really happy.
3: Yeah. Well, let me ask you something. How did you get into boxing? I'm guessing you were probably bullied as a kid, and this was your response.
6: Sort of. Um, when I know, When I was in Ireland when I was 12 years old, Like, I was exposed to it, Mm -hmm. but over the course of time when I got back, around the time I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I just loved what I was seeing. And then I found that there was a gym in downtown Pittsburgh that let me just come there when I was that age. So I started going there, but I wasn't good, and I was really fat. (laughs) So I wasn't able to do anything at that point. Mm -hmm. So how old were you then? Um, I was 15, 16, 17 years old. So is, had um, your
3: sexuality become, like, had you become aware of it at that point?
6: Um, at that time, I was working for the Persad Center, uh, and I was doing tests with people for HIV, and I was teaching people about sexually transmitted diseases. So, yes, I knew I was gay at that point. I knew when I was 12.
3: Okay. So this is something you were already aware of, and you had to think that entering into the the sport of boxing, which is traditionally like you know the machismo filled, you know tough guy you know, man's man sport, you know as as uh, you know uh, it has always been portrayed, might have not exactly been accepting of a gay boxer.
6: Well, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen that. It's weird because the boxing is not like other sports, not like football and hockey and mm-hmm. the, the life where there's all those other people supporting you. When you're actually doing the sport. So it's not that I understand why they feel that way. It's just I get where it comes from. But when it comes to boxing, you can pick whatever you want to. But the moment I'm standing across from you in the ring. Well Right. <laughs> like, that's what's going on here. Right. You know sure. that you're getting yeah. your behind whooped.
3: Right. Period. Okay. You got to be careful. Now, you know, there are some FCC regulations we have to abide by. Um, so, but. You make a good point. It doesn't matter what you do outside the ring if you're beating their ass inside the ring.
6: And here we are. We're all at the same page. So
3: you've been training at uh, at the uh, Congreb Boxing Club, which is like, that's a big deal. That's like a holy uh, establishment for boxers.
6: While I've been here in Pittsburgh, this time, yes, I have been. Uh, I've been running from the Mount Oliver all the way over to where Congreb is on the center in Craig.
1: Yeah. And you've
3: been training with uh, Rako Saunders?
6: Um, I have, yeah. I've done that before. He was one of the very first people I've ever sparred, like, Mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago. And being able to do it now is even better because he's got more experience, and now I'm about to make my pro debut.
3: Yeah, and he was in the movie Southpaw. He's kind of a local legend. So you're making your pro debut. Now, are you going to keep the purple mohawk for Friday night?
6: It's not that I'm going to keep the Mohawk. My Mohawk is always going to be colored. I'm just going to get the side shaded off and put more color into it. I'm not sure what color I'm putting into it yet. <laughs> so okay, so I, just do, I just put pink into it because it'll turn green, and I don't want that.
3: Okay, no, you wouldn't, you don't want that. So they have you fighting oh, this no. guy, Brock the Brick Willis from West Virginia. Do you think they did that because they wanted to have the perception of like a redneck guy who might not be open-minded going against the gay fighter that that he he might be somehow homophobic, and that would add intrigue to the match?
6: It's a nice way to look at it from the outside, but truth be told. He was probably one of the very few people that was willing to accept the match with me in the first place. I mean, like, I look dangerous from the outside. I mean, like, you got a gay fighter with a few national championships under his belt with Golden Glove Championships from Pennsylvania and from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, a lot of people wouldn't touch that with a five-foot pole with right. somebody else's hands.
3: So when, So this is your pro debut. How many amateur fights do you have?
6: I've had 57.
3: 57. Okay. And this is a big deal. Is your family going to be there?
6: Yes. I know my mom and my dad will be there.
3: How about the uh, LGBT community here in Pittsburgh? Are they? Uh, do you think that they'll show up to support you? This is kind of a, a big deal.
6: Well, on my end, I think the answer is either they'll be there to show up or they'll pay for tickets to make sure that I'm going to keep fighting. One of the two things will happen, but I just want to make sure that I'm still fighting, so I'm hoping that... GLBT people or straight people. I don't care. I just want you to buy tickets from Jarrell directly. Buy them from me.
3: Why? Do you get a kickback if you, if you uh, sell
1: them?
6: I want to be famous like Chris Algeria's because he was able to fill up stadiums and then they brought Rosalind Povatnikov to New York and let him fight him there and he stole his belt and now he can demand $1.2 million to fight guys like Manny Pacquiao. So you know, is that your I goal? I realize that Say yeah I want money don't you want to be rich don't you like money <laughs> Well, no.
3: I <laughs> meant just in terms of your boxing career like you know do you want to be at Manny Pacquiao's level
6: I want to be, be I want to be at that level I want to be beyond I want to hold world championships I want to hold a world championship for more rounds than anybody else like Emile Griffith one of my heroes
3: so there is uh, you are the only only the second openly gay boxer in the country is that true
6: I'm the second one ever. <laughs> that's crazy. Ever. There's, there's the only other one was Orlando Cruz, and he's not from America. He's training in uh, Florida now. But like, other than him, there's been nobody else that's ever done that. Like, so I'd be number two. Do you? Res- I'd be number one from America. Yay.
3: Is is there a part of you that sort of resents that your sexuality is being used as a marketing tool?
6: No, I've been open. I've been open to it. Because, again, I want to be rich and famous, and I know that this is one of those ways yeah. that we can do that, because now I can say it out loud, and it makes people want to listen for a little bit while longer. It makes people want to see, is this hype real? The hype is real. Come see me fight. Watch me punch someone in the face. Watch <laughs> me give them a black eye. Watch Pen- me blow punches.
3: And you're a Penn Hills grad.
6: I did graduate from Penn Hills. Um, I went to... Trinity Christian School before that, but I graduated from Penn Hills.
1: Oh, boy, yeah. So Where'd you... you get the uh, the samurai nickname?
6: I had had the nickname Ronin, which is the idea of a samurai without a master. And Mike McSorley told me, well, it's easier for people to just digest the samurai. So we went with that. And it's for me, I'm okay with either one because they both basically say the same thing. You know, I am a person that spends more of his life in combat and trying to do it than anything else. So I'm okay with
3: this. So McSorley has described you as being an awkward fighter, and he doesn't mean it as uh, uh, a knock. He's saying that right. in a good way. Describe what, you, what he means by that.
6: I'm willing to fight ambidextrously. Um, I'm actually left-handed, but a guy named Igor ripped my shoulder out while we were doing jiu-jitsu when I was like 20, 21 years old. And I had to learn how to fight with the other hand. And even now, my right hand is a little bit longer than my left. But, like, I had to learn how to fight with one hand. I had to learn how to switch stances. I had to learn how to do things. And then over the course of time, those things just kind of built up. Um, a lot of my style is self-taught. And because of that, I end up doing things that... People tell me, all right, like, you know, I throw my punches straight now. I turn on my punches and things like that. But it's strange for other people to watch because I've had years of dance behind it. I've had years of choreography experience and other things like that. So you implement so your, body looks, your
3: your dance I don't training. look like a boxing. <laughs> you don't look like a typical
6: boxer? No. In the and it, Yeah, it always did not serve me well as an amateur because they're more obsessed with the way things look than what's going on.
3: <laughs> so let's say at the end of the night, you come out the winner. Now, you're not like a knockout puncher. You're more of a a guy who's going to score in the ring. And uh, at the end of the night, let's say you defeat Willis. How is the samurai going to celebrate? What's your ideal celebration here?
6: I will probably go to Club Pittsburgh. Club uh, they've been really good to me. Um, I'm like they've already offered for me to come down there and hopefully have some sort of after party. There's the idea. I don't. I don't really want to do very, very much. I mean, I know me. I know me. I know that the next day or the day afterwards, I'm going to wake up, walk outside, and go running again because Get there's a no higher mountain to go after. So do you like, work you were against Brock? It's not that I don't. Want to? It's not that I don't feel it's the most important thing in my life right now. It is. It's just it's one plus one step. I mean, like I'll really celebrate when I have enough money to celebrate. But like celebrating now, I mean, like I don't have enough money to celebrate. It's just it is. It's cute. It's nice. It's you know, but it's not. It's not the real celebration. Yeah, but it's a big
3: deal. It's your first professional fight. Also, you know, going out and representing the gay community as the only the second boxer in the country. It's a a big deal. It's not just another fight for you
6: in some ways it is i mean this is something that was supposed to happen like before i went to college and then i didn't i decided to go to college instead and you know one day we'll figure out how awful that was but i decided to be a professional boxer because i was always going to do this like this is just i'm just doing it later than i should have so you like, were- I could have done this four years ago and probably preempted Orlando Cruz. I didn't know that, but you know, here we are. So,
3: what have you been doing for money on the side while you've been training for boxing?
6: Uh, I did work at Club Pittsburgh for a while while I was here, but other than that, I've been I've been doing pornography. I've been
4: oh, there like, it is. I've been trying
6: to work with a few companies out in Philadelphia and Delaware and a few other places like that. Um, other than that, while I've been here, I haven't had a job, but I've been, I've been living with my friends who've been very, very good to me and I can't wait to pay them when I get paid from this fight. <laughs> um, I just have been doing a lot of odd jobs and I've been trying to find ways to get these companies and things that I want to do off the ground.
1: What's the purse for some, for something like tonight? I mean, what's Friday. the take home or Next for, for for, for yeah. Friday for the fight What's okay, the take-home
6: so, for the winner? It's not necessarily for the winner or loser. The reason why I'm saying this is because I'm getting kind of sick of all fighters not talking about what, what goes on when we get paid. Because everybody's like, well, I better keep my... I'm getting paid 500 Like, I'm not even going to lie here. 500 bucks. A, this process of, of being honest about everything. And people will not like it. But I, I'm getting paid 500 But... I do get an incentive for every ticket I sell. So if I sell tickets higher than... If the amount of tickets I sell ends up being higher than that 500, then I get the amount of tickets I sell. You, gotta, I, you have
3: ticket. to make m- more money doing porn than you do boxing, right?
6: No, not yet, because I don't have a name. I'm just... The samurai. That, I'm yeah. just that. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. I mean, how do I say this? People aren't going to offer me money to do things like that until they want to... Until they can sell the videos like that, it's sort of the same thing. Aren't you that know,
3: like doing porn is gonna is gonna make people not take you seriously as a boxer?
6: I don't really care because you could not take me seriously as a boxer all you want to, but I'm still doing it. Yeah. We made that reference earlier, and you warned me about the FCC. The <laughs> same thing still applies. <laughs> anybody who anybody who gets, anybody who feels disrespectful, if they're with within arm's reach, they can get slapped. Seriously. That's what's going on here. Anybody disrespectful with their arteries, they can
1: get flat. It doesn't matter what you do outside of the ring on camera right. for money. Right. <laughs> Once you get in that ring, <laughs> yeah. somebody All will get business. knocked out.
3: All right. Well, JT, be- best of luck to you. And uh, it's next Friday at the Priory, and there is uh, yes. quite, quite a, a, a card here. Uh, it's packed. And uh, full details. We'll give everybody uh, the websites here because I don't, I don't seem to have a website Listed on the, uh, on the info sheet here, but you can call 412-728-3409 for tickets. 728-3409. We're running a little bit over, but I, I didn't want to give you short shrift there. JT, the Samurai Bracket. Hey, man, it was great to talk to you and best of luck to
1: you. Yeah, good luck out there.
6: I'm coming to kick that boys behind. <laughs> FCC don't get us. Yeah. Um, if you're out there, buy tickets for the fight. Tell them that you want to see the samurai. You tell them that you want to see the samurai. Make me happy. Make me a star so I can come back and help Pittsburgh. There
3: you go. Pittsburgh,
6: y'all need help, too.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck, JT.
6: Love y'all. Thank oh, I you for mean, we'll see. It. Me. I'll be back. I'll I, be I back. believe be it. Here.
3: I believe it. All right, true love.
0: It's sixty-four degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. An airline pilot lucky to be alive after a cockpit window blew out and partially sucked him out. The Sichuan Airlines jet was flying at an altitude of about thirty-two thousand feet when the windshield on the right side of the cockpit suddenly broke off. The co-pilot was sucked halfway out the window, but fortunately had his seatbelt on. He was able to pull himself back in, which is amazing. He suffered only minor cuts and a sprained wrist. Luckily, the pilot was able to make an emergency landing and has been hailed as a hero. One crew member was slightly injured, but none of the 119 passengers on board were hurt. The incident is under investigation. How didn't anybody else get sucked out of the window? I don't know. After that guy got sucked out. Like, once you pull him out of the window, then wouldn't
1: somebody else then? I I have no idea. Isn't that how that woman died on the Southwest flight? Unless they just dove the plane down to get it
3: uh, to an altitude altitude. that would allow you to have an open window. I don't know, but that's remarkable. Know. Can you imagine, like,
0: I just no. what
3: was going through your head is no. your half sticking oh out of an God. airplane? I don't think you can breathe.
0: I'd be on the phone with maintenance as soon as I landed. Hey, you guys want to <laughs> check these windows a little better?
3: Hey, who flew this plane last? <laughs> was it Jing? <laughs>
0: I don't know why I said that. Scientists in England were uh, (laughs) playing around with an experimental drug to help people strengthen their bones, and they found they might have a cure for balding on their hands. The drug works by blocking a chemical in the body that kills off growth and plays a big role in male baldness. With that chemical blocked, hair is free to grow. Researchers just stumbled onto this miracle drug, so they're going to have to run a bunch of tests on... People who are actually losing their hair, but it seems science makes sense, and experts are optimistic the drug will eventually work and be on the market.
1: It's going to be a bunch of mice running around with afros. <laughs> I think this stuff works, guys. They always have a cure for baldness. It is always it's, right it's on, on the, the cusp. Always. They're
3: always right on the precipice. I remember one time my friend uh, told me, he's like, they have it, a cure for baldness. Got it. He goes, here's the thing. They just can't control it yet. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, it, it grows hair all over your body. I'm like, so you look like a gorilla. And he's like, yeah, but they're they're going to get it. So it's just on your head now. And I remember uh, thinking at that point, they're never going to have a cure for this. It doesn't
1: matter. <laughs> I would love to ask somebody who is bald if they would deal with having to shave everywhere just Everything to have else. hair on their head. Well, you could do like laser treatments, I guess,
0: yeah, like, like a removal. whole
1: body thing.
0: Boy, that would hurt and be expensive.
1: Yeah, probably, huh? Mm -hmm. You got to think that they're close to just having some kind of like fertilizer seed or something. (laughs) Like, oh, look, you got look like you got Kentucky bluegrass up there. Let's (laughs) toss a couple in. Hopefully they germinate and you got a new uh, turf. But there are people like if you've been
3: bald for a long time and cultivated that look, you're almost better off not doing anything.
1: Well, because now everybody's grown to, to see you as that. Why would Pierre Maguire grow hair? We all know. he. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. He's already.
0: And he looks fine. we well, What to that
1: if look? it was the hair? Like, it doesn't look right now like Urlacher, Urlacher with his hair. the worst. It, does, it looks like beanbag hair a, on top of his
3: hair. A 100% argument against hair transplant. Brian Urlacher. Like, I don't and even Robbie understand Brown. why the company that paid him to do that went ahead with the ad campaign after they saw the finished result. Because it looks like uh,
1: burnt cotton candy. It looks like he has a hanky on his head. <laughs> it's like just laying there. Do you think that the like the Bosley and the Rogaine people are just killing this these these cures for baldness? No, I think the people
3: that are the, like the the hair restoration. Yeah, that that's the one because yeah. they're they're screwed. They're done. If or are they,
1: if, they doing what the NFL and the different leagues did? Like they see that gambling is going to become legal, so they're figuring out a way to position their business so that they can profit from it.
0: Our locker doesn't look that bad.
1: Well, think think about it though. If if you could cure, if you could yeah, cure baldness,
3: He's, it's bad. If yeah. you could cure
1: baldness, yeah. it you would you would have returning customers because people would go bald. And then they'd have to come to you. It, it wouldn't be like a preemptive thing, or would it?
3: I don't know. I, it sounds like I mean, I always thought once they started to allow stem cell uh, research happen a little more across the board, like for like non-life-saving stuff that we would be able to find a cure in like a minute or two. Um, but the amount of money that this would generate would be staggering. Totally staggering. Trillions. And the people, like as far as like the Rogaines, the Bosley, like, the people who are behind all that, they're the same people who are are going to be funding for the cure, anyways. Whatever no kidding. That might yeah, right. Being. and the people who are really psyched about this, barbers. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're back in business. Are you kidding me? They're going to be
0: packed.
3: <laughs> but if this is the hair equivalent of Viagra, it'll be a billion dollar
0: industry. Oh wow, heck yeah.
3: Oh my god.
1: Everybody walking around with guy fieri hair. <laughs> but there are c- certain people who, you know, you just shouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. There are guys who look really good bald
3: and guys who don't. Sure. Or guys who, you know, you'd be you'd be happy for them. Yes. Like ah yeah. oh.
1: Congratulations, Good man. for you. Have, have <laughs> yeah, you ever seen somebody hair. that's still trying to make it happen when it's just really the outer edge of hair? that's like the only thing that yeah. it's almost like a fenced-in patio. You're like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is
3: when they bend down and I you're like, the oh, good. oh, God.
1: Oh, no. You look good from the front on. Ah, But then there's something about even just that little bit of hair that looks Normal from certain angles. That's the Erlacher picture she just pulled up. It doesn't look bad. Yeah,
0: but it's, he looked good. It's bad. In the past week, Richard Overton, America's oldest man who happens to be a World War II veteran, turned 112 years old. When asked the secret to his long life, you might be surprised. He said he smokes 12 cigars a day.
1: That's excessive.
0: He said his favorite drink is whiskey and Coke. He also loves to... Uh, Dig into the waffles, the pancakes, cinnamon rolls, ice cream, and Dr. Pepper.
1: Donnie probably throws back at least one cigar or two a day, right? It's not more. Than 12.
0: That. I mean, that's. 12
1: is it. A- Close to
0: Mark. you one off the other. I don't think that's a reason <laughs> right. for
1: anybody's longevity. It's
3: in spite of the fact.
0: Mike McCready became the latest recipient of Music Care's Stevie Ray Vaughan Award at the Showbox in Seattle last week. The Pearl Jam guitarist was honored at the organization's Concert for Recovery, proceeds of which support Music Care's addiction recovery programs. Guns N' Roses bassist Duff McKagan introduced McCready and told his old friend, quote, Whenever I see you playing the guitar, I see the madness and beauty of an addict being set free, end quote. Among participants in the musical tribute to McCready were Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mike Ness of Social Distortion, Nancy Wilson of Heart, and others. Two new Kurt Cobain-related legal rulings have been issued in the past few days. TMZ reports that Frances Bean Cobain had to give up the Nirvana MTV unplugged guitar as part of her property sell- settlement in her divorce from ex-husband Isaiah Silva. The battle over who owned the guitar was a big part of the case with Silva saying Frances Bean gave it to him as a gift. Frances Bean claimed she never did that. The guitar has a value estimated in the millions and reportedly was one of the last ones Cobain played before his death. TMZ says she decided to give up the guitar because she just wants to move on and get this thing over with. And the Blast reports that photos taken at the scene of Cobain's suicide will remain sealed after an appellate court in Washington on Monday upheld a judgment from 2015, keeping them from being released to the public. Courtney Love and Frances Bean Cobain had been uh, seeking a ruling permanently adjoining the city from disclosing, disseminating, releasing, or distributing any death scene photos not previously disclosed. Conspiracy theorist Richard Lee, who believes Cobain was murdered, First filed suit against the city of Seattle and its police department in 2014 looking for access to those photos. You
1: got to think at some point in the future, there's going to be somebody that pays to put those in some kind of docuseries because the last, uh, I I don't know, there was like three or four of them. But the O.J. Simpson docuseries showed the death photos. Pretty
0: graphic crime scene photos. Yeah,
1: I I wish they wouldn't have because it was brutal
0: forecast today: day scattered showers and thunderstorms not quite as warm mid-70s for the high it's 65 a dve
3: yanni is very excited about his show tonight this is his uh his statement i find it so exciting to be able to i wonder what he sounds like i find it so exciting to be able to celebrate what i consider to be one of the best performances of my life i can't wait to see everyone and present to all of you this whole new experience Where the past and the present become one. Expect many surprises. My imagination is the only limit. Yes, Yanni. Go Yanni. I'm buying you a $153 ticket tonight, Val.
4: (laughs) Just so you can sit right in front
1: of Yanni. He even sounds like a magician. I know. He does. (laughs) Prepare to be dazzled. I'm going to imagine all over you. (laughs) Oh, God, Yanni. Please don't. This is a new shirt. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know it was one of the biggest concert uh videos biggest selling concert videos of all time live at the acropolis what it was dude i'm telling you right now come on it's, there was a time when everybody was buying stuff bill <laughs> 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 they were not just streaming it. it you had to actually go
1: buy it like who listens to that i don't know who listens probably to
0: probably my mom would have
1: I don't know. Do you have any of the or any of his songs in the system? I gotta hear oh God, something. No. We gotta hear something.
3: Here's a great thing to do. You go see Yanni tonight, then you go see uh satanic worshiping band Ghost Friday night, also at the Benedom. The Benedom has a unique one, two, three here. They have Yanni, then Fleet Foxes tomorrow, and then the satanic the tongue-in-cheek Satanists Ghost, which is an awesome show. It's like satanic broadway musical is, <laughs> is basically what ghost is
2: <laughs> really good
3: uh anyways all right mike's got your sports when we return to bucko's continue to rack up the runs but uh can't get any butts in the seats and also mark madden joining us here live in studio 940 com
4: dve sports
3: Mike pursu here with your sports on the dve morning show
5: Sports Tower brought to you by Caseta by Lutron. Smart lighting controls. Jamison Tyone will make his start this afternoon at 1235 against the Chicago White Sox. At least he is scheduled to. Tyone was cruising last Friday night against San Francisco. Three scoreless innings, but he had to leave thereafter after sustaining a laceration on the middle finger of his right hand. He'll take a 2-3 record and a 4.08 ERA to the mound for the conclusion of the brief two-game series against Chicago this afternoon. Tyone is 0-3 in his last six starts since that one-hit shutout of the Reds on April the 8th.
1: Hopefully he's been soaking that finger in some solution. (laughs) It is weird
3: that he said he'd pee
5: on it
1: to make it better. Just, I've
5: heard that over the years. Well, because people ke- kept
1: coming up to him and offering him different
0: remedies remedies
1: for it. He was basically saying, like, I'll do anything if it works, if what it gets did, me back on the mound.
0: What did Billy Chappell do to his hand in,
5: in that great baseball movie, For Love of the Game? Yeah. The chick flick? Did he do something? Pretty-
0: yeah, like cut his hand off almost.
5: Don't you remember that? Oh, I'll tell you what did he do to make it better. I just remember him sticking it in a yeah. nice bucket. I don't know if there was a...
0: I think that was to keep it from falling off. It
5: was a saw accident, wasn't it? I think so. Went pretty well for the Pirates last night. 7 nothing over the Pale Hose. Trevor Williams, 7 shutout innings, 6 hits, no walks, and 6 Ks. The Pirates improved to 24-17. and 17. Uh, The announced crowd was 11,800. And 47, and they lost Starling Marte and Francisco Cervelli in the process. Marte due to discomfort in his right side, and Cervelli due to right forearm discomfort after being hit by a pitch. No immediate updates as to the availability of those guys moving forward. Uh, forward. Manager Clint Hurdle also announced that George Contos is no longer the setup guy. Hurdle said that uh, Contos will be used in various roles. He's no longer the eighth-inning man. He's been uh, inconsistent with that, but uh, that has not prevented the Pirates from establishing that 24-17 and record that's got them in first place in the National League Central Division percentage points ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cubs are a game back, and the Cardinals are a game back. It's shaping up to be an interesting NL Central Division. I don't know what the uh, Cubs' problem is, but the Cardinals don't look like world beaters, and neither do the Brewers. I'm
3: wondering when Pirate fans will return to the ball yard. Like you said, even when they are you know, they were at full support from their fan base, they weren't going to draw huge numbers for a Tuesday night against the flailing, foundering White Sox, yeah. but still. Probably be a scattering of people there today as well, I would think. I would imagine. I would imagine. Mark Madden, who of course called for a boycott of the Pirates. I heard that. we Will be joining us at 9.45. A lot of people are talking about that. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the boycott that he uh, has uh, so uh, vehemently. I got my sport. eye
5: on, uh, there's a couple series coming up at the end of the month against the Cardinals and the Cubs. Um, clearly what's gone on so far in terms of people not going is a reflection of people being pissed off during the offseason. Some of it's weather. Some of it's got to be the weather. A lot, <laughs> A lot of it's that boycott you just referenced. A Ma- lot of it's the Mark Madden boycott. A lot of it's weather. And, and traditionally, their best months are June, July, and August. So uh, it, it remains to be seen if those will be up months or down months. But i, I got to believe if this team keeps winning, it's going to grow on people. It's going to be definitely harder to stay away the deeper they go. Lightning beat the Caps 4-2 to last night in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Final in D.C. Washington still leads that series two games to one, but the, the Lightning looked like the Lightning again last night, certainly more than the Lightning had in Games 1 and 2. Victor Hedman, a goal and two assists for three points. He extends his point streak to eight games. That ties Jake Gensel of the Penguins for the longest scoring streak in the 2018 <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs. Hedman is just the 15th defenseman in NHL history to record a postseason point streak of at least eight games and the first since the Pens' Larry Murphy had a nine-game run in 1995. Uh, Lightning also got a goal and an assist from Nikita Kucherov. He's got uh, 29 career postseason goals since entering the league in 2013-14. That is the most in that span in the NHL. Kucherov's uh, 58 points since joining the league in 2013-14. Trail only Sidney Crosby with 80, Evgeny Malkin with 68, and Ryan Getzloff with 61. Tonight, it's the Golden Knights hosting the Jets. That series is tied at one game apiece. That's a 9 o'clock start on NBCSN. At the World Hockey Championship in Denmark, the quarterfinals will be staged Tomorrow, the U.S. against the Czechs at ten fifteen. Also, Russia against Canada at ten fifteen. Boy, who do you root against in that one, guys?
4: Canada, Ru- Russia,
5: Canada. Really? Not you
1: root e- against Canada? Not even a, not even a question, Bill. You got, you got some issues.
5: Yeah, I'm not with you on that one. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Did Canada? I have, so are I, they. I, I have no illusions. <laughs> about me having issues. Uh, Patrick Hornquist and Sweden get Latvia at 215, and Finland gets Switzerland at 215. The semifinals are Saturday, and then the bronze medal and gold medal games will be played on Sunday. And this, in honor of uh, Mark Madden's upcoming impending visit to the program. This date in sports history, May the 16th, 1976. The Philadelphia Flyers' aspirations of a third consecutive Stanley Cup. Came to a crashing halt when they lost to the Canadians, 5-3 at the Spectrum. Montreal completed a four-game sweep. The Broad Street Bullies' reign of terror came to an end shy of a third straight Stanley Cup. And Philadelphia has not won a cup since. The Flyers got to the final in 1980, 1985, 1987, 1997, and again in 2010. But they're still looking for that third Stanley Cup championship.
1: It is one of the joys of my life that I have never seen the Flyers win the Cup. Mark Madden joins us live in studio when we return to talk about
3: the boycott he called for against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That will be momentarily here on the uh, DVE Morning Show. Boycott talk when we come back on DVE. Sure. A little kickstart my heart there, huh? Motley Crew. How about the revelation that Steven Tyler wrote, dude looks like a lady. After looking at Vince Neil from I, behind. I knew that. Well, I didn't know that. Didn't know. Val had that story earlier this morning. I didn't know that was that was common knowledge.
7: <laughs> if, if he wrote that song now, it'd be Dude Looks Like a Dump Truck. <laughs> Vince has put on a couple.
1: <laughs> he does. Dude Looks Like a Dump Truck. Dude Looks a, Like a Panda. Is a song man. I want to
3: hear. He's coming to hear, you know. Vince Neil. At the Meadows. He looks like John Lovitz on a wig.
7: Vince Neal and Blue Oyster Cult on back-to-back nights.
3: I bet BOC's oh. awesome.
7: Always are. Always are.
3: I bet they're awesome. Vince Neal, not so much.
7: Uh, I want to hear the songs. It'll be good. He Does, does cruise... he have any voice left? Well, that's beside the point, Val.
3: <laughs> we never had a great Dude looks
7: voice. like a dump truck.
3: Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude sounds like a Sounds like a dump truck. Yeah.
7: Yeah, he he did not do the farewell tour any favors. It, it's weird because when, when Motley Crue started uh you know he was the focal point in terms of looks and sound he had, he had a pretty good voice when he was young and, and then by the end of motley crew uh the rhythm section was what you kept your eye on and, well, and the band just... as a whole had become great musicians but it
3: took th- them a long time but they did it why do you think you know when they had john karabi he could sing everything awesome yes why is it that the fans of journey uh foreigner who has no original members they're okay with their songs being performed by less than the originals, but when it comes to a band like Crew, you can't do it.
7: Well, uh, first off, Foreigner still has Mick Jones.
3: Occasionally.
7: Oh, when he can be bothered. No, actually, he's he's not in great health, I guess. Yeah, that's... He makes the big towns, though, in the big tours. So I guess it's nothing to do with his health and... <laughs> Right. He he can't lower himself to play, say, Greensburg. Right. (laughs) But uh, with Motley, I I don't know. I always thought their fans were more like a gang mentality, and it has to be those four guys. Mm -hmm. Plus, even though I loved the Motley Crue album with Karabi, it didn't sound like Motley Crue with Vince Neal. It was just a different, kind of earthier, you know, grungier type thing in reflecting the times. But the Motley fans didn't buy it, even though it was really good. Did he do. Well,
3: he had a side band with Bruce Kulick, right?
7: Karabi. Yeah. Well, he's in Dead Daisies now. What's that? That's uh, John Karabi, Doug Altrich, who used to be in White Snake and Dio, Brian Tishy. Um, and they, 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 they opened for Kiss on the Last Kiss Tour. They're really good. But, you know, they're the type of band in this day and age. Nobody's going to really hear them or of them because it's just not that, that type of music's time anymore.
3: John Karabi always struck me as the Miles Kennedy of that genre.
7: Uh, yeah, that's about right. I mean, really good. Nobody uh, has Just ever heard of him. Just couldn't
3: find his place, but everybody thinks he's a badass.
7: And then when Miles Kennedy got his semi-break, you know, being the front man for Slash, <laughs> you know, Axel puts the original guns back together, or at least, you know, Slash and Who done.
3: does that remind you of? Bobby Plant?
7: Yeah. When when Jimmy Page did that great album with David Coverdale, and they, they toured in Japan, they were about to tour the States, and Plant called Page because he couldn't stand to see Page work with somebody else.
3: That's so funny. Why didn't Jimmy Page just press him more like that and just go out and perform?
7: Jimmy, Jimmy, after the Led Zeppelin reunion in 07, I think it was, uh, they should have gone out with Miles Kennedy as the singer. They rehearsed with them. They rehearsed with Steven Tyler and a couple other guys too. But Miles Kennedy, by all accounts, did great. They should have just gone out as you know an evening of Led Zeppelin music, not as Led Zeppelin. But you know, the, you know, Jimmy Page can't tell Robert Plant he has to be in Led Zeppelin. But Robert Plant shouldn't be able to tell Jimmy Page he can't.
3: I was listening to an interesting podcast the other day with Chuck Klosterman, uh, and the author of a new book who details the arc, the rise and fall of classic rock. And his thesis basically wasn't, you know, I'm not here to defend it, that classic rock, what we consider to be classic rock, ended with the Nine Inch Nails album. Oh, I can't remember which one it is now. Damn it. The one from like... 94, 95. I don't think anybody considers Nine Inch Nails classic rock. But he, I don't. He was saying that was the end of the arc.
7: I don't and, know about that. I, kind of right I, there. I just think certain music has its run and then disappears forever.
1: Nine Inch Nails is more carpentry rock, I think.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, the term I've heard most applied is industrial, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. ironic.
1: Yeah. Um, the
3: phenomena of the kids from Michigan... Greta Van Fleet right now yeah you don't like them no it's not that I don't like them I think it's good I think they're disingenuous when they talk about their Zeppelin influence or that's technically a night of Zeppelin I think it's a Willie Dixon influence (laughs) that's funny (laughs) but his approach his Robert Plant approach is so obvious you know his technique is
7: he's doing the same exact stuff so fine that that's okay. It's the same thing, but it's more organic. It it sounds like Zeppelin, but not exactly like Zeppelin to me. Oh, that scream like, like, he does like, at like, the when, beginning. When Kingdom Come did get it on with the delightful Dan Steigerwald on guitar, <laughs> oh, to yeah. me that was a direct Danny Stagg. That was a Xerox of Zeppelin. This is something a little a little more pure, and I don't know why I say that, but I think it is.
3: Why doesn't John Paul Jones get Danny Stag on guitar? The kid from Greta Van Fleet on vocals and john bonham on the drums
7: well john bonham's dead jason, jason. bonham sorry um i don't know Do you scratch he- him off then <laughs>
3: <laughs> mark why did you call for a boycott of the pirates i didn't you did i didn't you have demanded you that pirate fans stay home and really don't you feel foolish now that they're so good and in first place <laughs> they're not in that Vienna. good they're in first place it's a
7: quarter of the season <laughs> that's well, you lift
3: the band uh, uh, will you lift? What will it take to get you to lift the ban on the pirates?
7: <laughs> I, I have not called for a boycott. There is no ban. People should spend their their dis, their discretionary income in any way they see fit. But uh, but some goofy blogger created this notion that there's a boycott because there has to be a straw man to battle to make the pirates a victim because they're only averaging 15k per game and only got 12k last night.
3: 11. Do you feel silly now, though? since you have called for the boycott. I have not
7: called for the boycott. That
3: the fans showed up in droves.
7: I may call for a boycott of this show. <laughs>
3: do people show up in droves or do you only leave in droves? <laughs> I don't
7: know. People stay away in droves. I, don't yeah. do. I know.
3: This is in the droves. They uh, don't drove. But
7: I, I think that, that it's foolish to pretend like that a good 40 games uh, negates the broken trust that Pirates management has, has fostered and ownership since – I mean, they had that great team in 2015 – and then by the trade deadline of 2016, seven key players were all gone, and they had not been replaced by like. And that was all done in, 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 in means of maintaining the profit margin. And, you know, it took a while for people to wise up, but they have. And if, if this is a boycott, it's people boycotting one person at a time. Like I said, it's very organic and not at all called for by me. I, in fact, am going on the 30th to see the Cubs in the Cambria Club. No kidding. Yes, yes. Uh, Hi,
3: you got the ca- Cambria Club tickets. That's yes, fancy. I,
7: I, I, don't, I, I have no desire to mingle with the masses. With the Ahoy, hoi, polloi. Polloi.
3: Yeah, You're not a hoy or, or a polloi. No, you, <laughs> I'm none of year, the above. No, you have to go up there. So uh, if,
7: if I called for a boycott, I wouldn't be going, huh, huh? Well,
3: <laughs> I
1: mean.
7: I got you, I? you, No, or because you're you trying to
1: throw people off the scent. You haven't gone yet.
7: So I'm, I'm leading the the charge through the gates. They're playing good enough. I'm going.
3: I think that's what everybody's waiting for. I think it's a combination of weather, a little bit of penguin fatigue, and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Nobody believes they're as good as their record.
7: Well, and, and I believe that if they get close to the deadline, even if they're in you know relative contention, they'll still trade Josh Harrison if they right. can to get his salary off the books. I mean, I think that's what Pittsburgh needs. I think they need to get to a trade deadline and add considerably Instead of dump considerably, like all the shills and stooges out there, you know, ah, they went on, got Corey Dickerson. Yeah, the same summer they got rid of Cutch and Cole. I mean, it's always done with an eye toward the bottom line and not an eye toward baseball.
3: 35 years ago, uh, I believe this week, Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind was released. You're not an Iron Maiden fan.
7: Uh, I'm not, a, I am. I just, I think their best album by far was Number of the Beast. Oh. And I think the Deano albums. Uh, are underappreciated.
3: The first was it two? First two, yeah. Um I I think peace of mind is that's there. You think it's
7: better than Number of the Beast.
3: I do. Really P- why? I just think the songwriting was better.
7: I, I don't know. See I like I preferred Clive Burr as a drummer to Nico McBrain.
3: Uh, I love Nico. Uh,
7: Nico's a great drummer, but I, I thought Clive like I don't know. I, I thought with everything else being so heavy, I thought he had a slightly lighter touch on drums and I thought it suited the sound well in Number of the Beast.
3: Yeah. Well Celebrating its 35th year, Yanni is at the Benadem tonight, celebrating 25 years since his live at the Acropolis. Acropolis. This I am <laughs> calling <Acropolis>. for boycotts.
7: <laughs> this I am calling for a boycott. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> boycott You're
3: Yanni. Uh, did you hear Yanni or did you hear Laurel?
7: What does that mean? I have no. I, I saw that. I have no idea what it means.
3: It is some people hear this recording as the word Yanni. Other hear it as the word Laurel. You want to put on a headset? I you will can, do. Yes. And you Hold can on. hear this. And I, I, I'm anxious to hear what you hear.
7: Go ahead laurel laurel i hear laurel yeah laurel yeah 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 why would anybody think that johnny
3: a lot of people
1: hear that as yanni what yes it's just i think it's a i don't know i don't know what it is i boycott listening to that you're boycotting
7: that (laughs) soundbite that soundbite yes i think
1: those people deserve a laurel and hearty handshake that's fair enough have you
3: watched the documentary evil genius yet on netflix
1: Remember, we talked about it in the hallway yesterday, oh, about the, the pizza, pizza thing. bomber. Yeah. Well, yeah.
7: you know, one thing you guys uh, overlooked yesterday, and I talked with Bill about it afterwards, there was a, a major motion picture made based on that. 30 seconds or less. 30 minutes or less, pardon me. It was Jesse Eisenberg as the pizza boy, and Danny McBride is the, is the guy who, who made him <laughs> rob the bank. He had like a, a collar on his neck that was going to blow up if he didn't rob the bank.
3: I don't know that I yeah, even remember Yeah, I didn't see that. that movie, but yeah, I remember well, it I wouldn't out. call it memorable. Right. <laughs> Sounds not so good. Uh, the documentary is great. You should watch it, for sure.
7: Is Danny McBride in it? No. Then I'll watch it. There is pizza. Better yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, Dan, I, I think Danny McBride's entertaining, but he's one of so many actors in today's American cinema that only plays himself over and over again. I
3: know, but here's the thing. I complain about that sometimes, too, but then I come to the realization that that is probably... The goal of 90% of actors to have a persona that can be cast over and over and over and over again so that Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise. Al right. Pacino is always Al Pacino. De Niro is De Niro always De Niro. is
7: always De Niro. I think some of those guys go like, I mean, I don't think Pacino was playing Pacino when he played Paterno. I think it was Pacino the same exact paterno. thing he did as it Just Really? It, watch
3: the Cavorkian movie and tell me how his performance is any different.
7: I never heard Kevorkian say, I, 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 what am I worried about that crap for? I got Nebraska.
1: He had 435 kills.
7: <laughs> no, 409.
1: 409. That's what Kevorkian had? Yeah. No. Oh, know. 409 wins. I got it. Oh, damn it. Oh. I got the number it's wrong, so it's
6: really
3: morning. me. Remember my, my Beach fault. Boys
7: tribute? Sandusky used to bang kids all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> giddy up, giddy up, 409. <laughs> but they can't touch my 409.
5: And they didn't. No. Well, they did. For a while. Then they stopped touching it. Got it back.
3: Oh, Jesus. Laurel. Please. Have a great uh, afternoon, Mark.
7: I just heard Laurel now. <laughs> what? <laughs>
3: what? Yanni. I think we're off air.
5: Happy no. Flyers didn't win the cup there. We're
3: very much on the air. Yeah, that's
7: great. That's great. The, the Flyers losing the cup final on in 1976 on this day.
3: What would you rather do, go to a Pirate game or watch the ESPN morning show Get Up? <laughs> I'd
7: I'd rather buy pirate season tickets. <laughs> yeah. Season tickets? That's a much Oh, my God. It? I feel so bad for Mike Greenberg because he's a good guy, and I think he's a legitimate talent. But that those are the two least likable people ever. Who? Uh, Jalen Rose and Michelle Beadle. I understand. You that- hate Beadle. Why do you I hate I think Jalen Rose is likable. I, no, I just think they're – oh, I, come on.
1: He's, he was great. He's great on the NBA stuff.
7: Oh, boy, I'll have to give it another look then.
1: Uh, I, I mean, Not a I mean, big sell in this I underst- town, I know. I understand know,
7: but... there's the perception you got to have a black guy and a woman on a show like that. And I get it. I support that. Just a different black guy and a different woman. That's like co-hosting with the, ac- <laughs> That's like co-hosting with the Axis Powers.
1: They really have been trying to find a job for Mich- Michelle Beadle for years.
7: Well, she's an example of somebody who just keeps falling upward. I mean, she's never drawn a dime. She couldn't draw money if you dipped her in super glue and dragged her through a bank vault, and they keep giving her lucrative jobs.
3: Uh, I don't know. I like, yeah, they keep I like her. putting her on shows.
7: That's what I meant.
3: I don't really watch. <laughs> I haven't really watched anything. Just to, to anytime I've well, seen can. her. You
7: It's on the same time you No, but is. I mean, in
3: the past, I haven't really seen anything that she's done like for any great length of time i've seen her do little bits and pieces here and i thought she was fine and funny and she you know it's occasionally kind of funny on twitter well
7: i i think it's hilarious when espn line up these shows that anybody can see a mile away won't work and they do it anyway like the Jamel hill michael smith 6 p.m sports (laughs) center that was doomed in the womb and they just forged ahead with it and then were surprised when it didn't work
1: they're really good on the nba stuff
7: nobody (laughs) nobody thought that would work
3: <laughs> I'll tell you what they're good at, though. Uh, What's that? Mark Madden, make sure you listen to Mark uh, in the
1: afternoons on one It five
3: nine. Doesn't X.
7: matter. You can boycott if you like.
1: I really love your NBA stuff.
7: <laughs> plenty of it today. <laughs> don't the Pirates plenty afternoon today? They, they do. do. Oh, that sucks because that that overlaps the show and I can't talk about the Pirates. So
5: why? No, they'll be done by the time you're on. What times the game start? 12.30. Oh, they will be done then. Yeah. Okay. So good. you can do a full review.
7: <laughs> or if I get into like the last 8th or ninth inning while I'm still not going to do alternate reality play by play, what are you which gonna, I have done. Tyone's
1: going to throw a no-no with your in-hands. What are you going to do?
7: Or his in-hands.
1: <laughs> Did you ever uh, have a bad
3: show and then... Uh... No! <laughs>
7: end of,
3: end of question? Uh, never mind, I'm so glad you stopped me, actually. Uh... <laughs> I think we're having one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. We often do. It, it sounds like this, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no. It sounds like so. Like, I did an interview with Christian Okoye yesterday, but it's not. It's just bad. It's so bad. I can't, I can't really put it on the air. And uh, I wonder it was to a deal. nightmare.
1: <laughs>
4: it
3: was a Nigerian nightmare. Well,
7: that, that's, that is the worst, especially when an interview's live. And yeah. the only thankfully, get, this wasn't. The only but. way to get out of it is to gratuitously insult whoever you're doing it with and just dump out of it, But, but or I just press on. Oh, it was so bad. It, <laughs> I had Willie Gay on once. Willie Gay came on to plug an event. I swear to God, this out the I event love one.
3: Willie Gay. Okay. His voice is hilarious.
7: He comes on the air. And I and like my like my first question was, Willie, tell us about this event. He goes, oh, that got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, I, and I, go, I go, well, what about the defense? He goes, well, we all trying hard. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, oh,
3: oh. When he says, um, it sounds like Pac-Man eating. So, um,
7: ow, 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 That ow, was ow. the best though, the first question. Oh, that got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. All
3: right. All right. Well, we have to. uh, to We got to go. Thanks to uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, for being here. Also, thanks to JT the Samurai (laughs) Bracket, Pittsburgh's first openly gay professional boxer and apparently pornographer. Yeah, Uh, yeah. He does. He does porn in order to pay the bills. It's what I hear. Supplement his boxing career, or
7: does the boxing supplement the porn?
3: No, he said that the uh, the porn. Well, he's going to make five hundred dollars for the boxing match on Friday night. He said, right. And I okay. said, "Well, you have to make more than that doing porn." And he went, mm,
1: "Not really," which I feel makes bad, me think. Man, that poor guy takes a beating in and out of the ring.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, his the kind of porn he does is he gives a beating. He it's uh, it's combat sports that uh, end in sex. So like like what do you They wrestle and then Jesus they have sex, or the they hands. they beat each other. They box and then they they have sex. At what the if
0: end? his opponent? Yeah, that's next
3: something week. okay. <laughs> Are you boycotting uh, combat porn?
2: <laughs> no.
3: Oh, you're into it. All right. No. <laughs> what are you going to do if pirate fans boycott your show?
7: <laughs> there aren't that many of them. <laughs> and plus, plus like I, I, you know, attendance is down 15k per game.
3: No, no, no. It's not 15k. It's 10k per game.
7: No, it's not. It's thirty. It was 30k in 2015. It's currently 15k. That's not 15k since then. The
3: average is 15k for pirate games right yes. now. Yes. I find that hard to believe. Okay.
7: I, I I looked it up. It's on the Google machine, but uh,
3: if you probably drew that from a blog which you hate.
7: No, baseballreference.com. dot com.
3: All right, so they're down fifteen a game. Yes. And,
7: well, that's how many people agree with me about fifteen game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, right? No, that, your rating should okay, be going yeah. up theoretically. We'll be okay.
3: the The Pirates are going to start drawing big time. Think so? Yeah.
7: Do you really think so?
3: Yes. If they continue to win... If they continue to it, win. I'm not kidding. After Memorial Day, it'll it'll be the rage in town. Everyone will be bored again. And, if they keep winning. Yeah, if they keep winning. It's a big if. That's the key. I mean, look.
7: Maybe look about gold bullion and manual relief with each... Uh, <laughs> gold bullion. <laughs> I'd
3: and go more. Manual relief. I thought we traded manual. Is he in relief
7: still? <laughs> <laughs> okay, time to go. Wrap it up. <laughs>
4: I'm finished.
7: You stay classy.